What is up, everybody? Salty Dogs Podcast. Live from the ICT. That's right. Well, pre-recorded from through your stereo speakers. We are live right now. But we're now. live on Facebook. So here's what listeners need to know. Are we're we at, in a time warp? We're in a time warp. Okay. So you are listening to something now that is actually live a couple days ago, depending on how long it is from when you listen to it. So which came first, the chicken or the egg? The podcast or... The live feed comes the pod before or the, the audio. Food. <laughs> what comes first, the pod or the cast? So we live stream all of our episodes, and so if you're listening through iTunes or Google or Google Play or iHeartRadio, Spotify, either one of those places, um, you can actually catch the live recording and see our um, faces only a mother could love on uh, through Facebook. And so go to Facebook <laughs> and uh, uh, or search uh, Salty Dogs Podcast, like our page. And uh, we go live every other week when we record, and so here we are. So again, welcome to the episode. Um, I'm Jason, Good to be here. and Chris is here. Casey's out. We love Casey so much, and uh, just sometimes he can't make it based on life circumstances. A lot of sick days, man. But it's no, it's right. totally fine. We he's love good. The dude. He's, no, yeah. He's got a lot of PTO. Actually, not PTO. He's, he's got, got a lot of night. He's got non-paid time off. He's got three he's, seasons in, bro. A, when do I get my first day off? Never. Dang it. You only get two Sundays off a year, Chris. Oh, no. no let's not even talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we won't no, go there. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> and then we got Derek at the table. What's up, Derek? What's up? Hey, do you get time off as being a pastor? I I do. You do? Nice. Is it? Okay, it that's PTO. nice. Uh, yes, Ish. it yeah. is. It is. Yeah. It is PTO? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Derek, a.k.a. Velvet you have to fight Vocal for Chords, <laughs> a.k.a. Smooth Chocolate. Smooth Jazz. AKA oh, snap. <laughs> We ought, to, we ought to just turn up his uh, his bass yeah. just for the fun of it. I want you to narrate a version of the Bible so that I can just oh, wow. listen to that. <laughs> Song of Psalms is going to be good. It's going to be a good book. It's like, man, when, when David cuts off Goliath's head, it's just like, I don't know where to the weep or like, you know, <laughs> rejoice. I mean, it just was like so glorious, you know, just, yeah. That's Anyways. funny. It's good to have you, Derek. You're, Thank you. You're back, and you're, uh, you know, you've been on a couple times, and so. Always I th- fun. I, I think, think he's going to bring it tonight with tonight's conversation. You think so? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Are you going to bring no it? about it. Yeah, we'll see. Has it already been brought in? <laughs> he's got it. I know he does. That's funny. Awesome. Uh, hey, so how have you been? Do we want to talk about our lives a little bit? Do you want to do some of that? I don't, I mean, I just always think it's nice. How about you go first so I can go grab that mouse? Well, then you won't even. Who am I going to talk to? Just I'm going to look over here real weird today. Okay, I'm not Let's here see. or anything. Don't worry. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So just wants to go for some banter. Yeah, I just I just like banter. But uh, I'm I'm day what is it day nine? You're going to talk about it? Just no, I'm just going to say I'm day nine into making some very positive, healthy lifestyle changes. I will share more uh, about all the details later, but. Um, I'm making some really, really good positive changes for my mental health, uh, in regards to my relationship with food, really in regards to mental toughness and to self-discipline and all of those. And so I'm nine days into this and I'm feeling really good. Uh, I got seven, uh, what is it? I don't know. I got 75 days total. So 75, nine minus 75, whatever that is. Just don't do the math. Just yeah. let us know when you have a day. Math left. isn't a part of that. But anyways, I'm excited to share things. But yeah, man, things have been going really well. It's been hard. Uh, you know, anytime you add things into your routine and, and take away things, it's hard. But it's been a good week. It's been a tough week. But Oh, dude, we okay, I got something to talk about. Uh-oh, here he goes. So we had... He didn't that. really want to know how my week was. Well, no, I have to 
the major storm that almost wiped out Derby. Derby. Oh my gosh. Goodness. Yeah. We were right in the in the path. Yes, we were right in the pathway of what was happening. Do you have anything a little more relevant to our national and international listeners? No, I don't care about them. Listen, <laughs> here's what I care about. Hey, don't you say that. International <laughs> listeners, we love you. Do you know what a so okay. We just talked about tornadoes. The last episode we talked about Naders. It, and we reminisced on when we had to outrun a tornado. Oh my gosh, yeah. And literally, this one was way more violent, and, and we were in the past. We don't have a basement at our house either. Mm-hmm. So when we woke up at 5 a.m., it was, it was there, and we, we, we were terrified, man. All we could do was pray. Mm-hmm. And you know, thank God that we didn't have very much damage at all to our house, honestly. And there were trees. I mean, I'm talking mature-grown trees that were snapped in half. Oh, I saw that. Like it was It, it was 111-mile wind. Mm-hmm. 1-1-1. I was in Table Rock Lake. Oh, sleeping no. <laughs> really well and at five my phone starts blitzing <laughs> with the with weather the alert stuff. from yeah. derby oh yeah. man it was it was rough <sighs> crazy time it's new in your life just tell my me li- one thing it's my life and it's now or never um what have i been doing yeah what do you uh, to? i actually have been doing hold on sorry i messed with my sound and now it sounds weird um stop playing with those knobs i know <laughs> oh my gosh leave them alone <clears throat> Well, yeah, I'm not going to go there. So what am I doing? Doing some freelance work. I do a lot of video work. So I just shot video for a church who's having their 10-year anniversary here in the city. Whoop, whoop. And so I'll tell you what, that is quite the feat in the church planting world because mm. I have seen many come and go. And there are many who are going to hit that 10-year mark because they, you know. Almost like restaurants. Oh, snap. Yeah, no joke. I mean, ooh. Dude, wow. there's probably legit a correlation to the amount of church plants that close versus the amount of restaurants that close in a city. It's probably pretty high. And a lot of the restaurants close because they don't pay their taxes. I bet it's because those churches weren't tithing. That had to have been it. Yeah. Mm. Did they not know that those <laughs> they, tithes were for the Lord? They were paying their Christian tax. Yeah. Right on. So we're not giving. Well, thanks for sharing a small sliver of your life. Is that it? Yeah. Is that all I, I that's all I've done? Oh, I'm about to, uh, about to celebrate my five year anniversary yeah, being awesome. married to my wonderful wife, Kimberly. Nice. Let me know when and you get to six. Cause that's yeah, where we're at. That's where you're we're at. Okay. Yeah. Seven well, soon, so it'll be around this time next year. So <laughs> okay, just keep okay, an good. eye out for I'll that. Mark my calendar. Same time every year, Christopher. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to be hanging out in Kansas city. KC. If, uh, you're from Kansas city and you're a listener, hit us up, let us know. And, uh, I'll, I'll wave to you. No, he'll go Take grab him dinner to check stack. Was oh yeah, Jack Stack Barbecue man. Oh, that sounds that awesome. Place is guys hey, we're actually going to barbecue. We're actually going to go to a uh, a churrascaria. Oh yeah, and, I and have I don't know and have is. have rodizio. Yeah. So let me just tell you about this. Let me try and paint this picture as best as I can. Um, Neat. Enough said, <laughs> dude. It is all you can eat meat, right? It oh, is a man. it is a meat fest. It is, yep. So is that where they bring it out on the skewer? They bring it out like, on the big old oh, skewer. Yeah, like it's just. I mean, they probably have. You have tw- the little green. Does this one do the little green? I don't and red? know. They have some sort of system to where it's like you. There's a little disc on your table, and it's either green or red. Green yeah. means bring the meat. Red means <laughs> I just need time to make more room. And so, um, yeah, dude, it's legit. And they have like lamb chops. They have all sorts of uh, Brazilian style meats. That sounds. It's so ridiculous. Good. And so we actually got a group on. It was like twenty nine bucks for oh, twenty nine nice. bucks off. Dude, that's so essentially good. you pay for like one and a quarter because it's pretty expensive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know when you're getting 29 bucks off, 
Yeah, yeah that, that's a pretty yeah. good First deal. Right. Pretty for good. one person. So, anyways, total meat fest. So, if you guys are, um, it, if you want, if you if you love the beef, um, and uh, you can't get enough, definitely check out like Google Brazilian Steakhouse in your city. Uh, the most popular one, and there are two ways to say it that I've heard. I don't know the right way. It's either Fogo de Chao or Fogo de Show, and so uh, check that out. Super delicious food yeah so uh when i used to wait tables it, it was kind of a thing like i waited tables at a steakhouse and i did that for years and years and years but we worked at a pretty good steakhouse and like average plate per person was like you know 36 bucks or something stupid like that and you could get um a uh a, like a filet mignon dish it was like 49.95 that kind of stuff hmm. well all the waiters would always want to go and eat at all the most expensive restaurants and, and spend a lot of money on food. It was like, you know, you serve people food all day, make a bunch of money, then you go spend it on food and you do it again the next day. Nice. Yeah, it was lame. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyways, I, I, I went on a, a Valentine's date to Fogo de Chao, and I think we dropped like 190 bucks or something Dang. like that. Because it was our two meals plus a bottle. It, it was probably more than that. Two meals plus a bottle of wine plus Any the apps? tip. Appetizers? No, nah, you don't even mess with it, bro. They have a salad bar. And yeah, that's I was like, gonna say they usually do a salad yeah. bar places like that. But, oh, I love. Appetizers. But you you want to skip the salad bar like, because you just want to do it all of it. It's ridiculous. It's like, hey, do they do? I'm gonna serve you all the filet mignon you can eat. Would you like this? Or you Caesar can have some iceberg lettuce. Uh, some iceberg lettuce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With... In a lot of ways, that's really similar <laughs> exactly. to our topic tonight. Like you can just, you know, oh, here we go. go to Ooh. the source or you can, you know, just get, yeah. you know. That's right. He's tying it all together. It's Look a little, up. boom, we got it. That's yeah. just a little bitty preview of what's to come. <clears throat> um, awesome. So check it out. Um, it's now time for our Pass the Salt segment here on the Salty Dogs podcast. That was my radio voice. That was that was good. Was it pretty good? Uh, six out of ten. <clears throat> okay. I'll take it. Keep trying. Speaking of speaking of numbers out of numbers, we have uh, twenty ratings on our podcast, and they're all five out of five stars. And so today, how many? Only twenty ratings. That's pretty good. Is it pretty good? Yeah, I want I want a hundred ratings. Okay. Because that'll bump us up in the podcast. You know that if you go to iTunes and you search like Christian podcast. You get all the big names like Stephen Furtick and T.D. Jakes and Joel Osteen and those kinds of guys. Um, and it's because here's why. They have a big following and however you feel about them. But iTunes doesn't say, oh, it's Joel Osteen. Let's bump his, his uh, podcast up. iTunes looks and says, oh, he's got a ton of ratings and reviews. And so then they kick it up there and so help a brother out. So if you want people to experience the salt that you get to enjoy... That's right. Rate like, and review the podcast rate on iTunes. and review. Do all that fun stuff. So uh, we have a guy named Jeff who is uh, who has reviewed the podcast recently. Thank you so much. He just did this on Thursday. Hey, thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Hef, hefe. Thanks, hefe. So uh, the review says, I came across this podcast after learning that Casey was on here. So Casey. Oh, cool. Yeah, he gets the shout out. I think Casey. Oh, no, never mind. Uh, it says, after listening for a bit, I truly enjoy the banter. And real conversation that comes up. It's funny, witty, emotional, passionate, salty, and often exactly what I need to hear. I'm on the road a lot for work these days, and this podcast has been a staple while watching the miles roll by. Keep up the good work, dudes. Excited for more. It's pretty good. It's a good nice. review. Well, I'll Jeff, take it. just as you're excited to listen to our pods, I'm excited to doff these rosy cheeks upon you. So I want you to brace as you're listening to this. What if? And I'm channeling 
your cheeks to you right now. Three, two, one. Activate phase Pow. channeler. All right, you got them. Boom. I know they slapped you right in the face. Those what are if, yours. Wear them. What if we? What if we um, wished rosy cheeks upon somebody, and then they went on our Facebook page and went, "Get those cheeks out of my face." <laughs> Little Nacho Libre reference. Get that carn out of my face. It's a good one. Thank read, you, Jeff. You rock, man. Read some books. <laughs> go away. Oh, go I peeked away. right there. Oh, that was bad. Go away. Read or, some books. Read some books. Go away. All right. Jeff, have you seen that movie? Not, or That's not, not Jeff. Jeff. Sorry. This is Derek. Uh, Derek. You still got Jeff I on I was the still mind. thinking about Jeff. Yeah. You're just so Nacho Libre, him. I have not. Actually, oh, I would like to know if Jeff has seen Nacho Libre. So, Jeff, shoot us a message. Let us know I if you've am, seen Nacho Libre. That's right. Encarnacion. <laughs> My favorite food <laughs> is toast. My favorite color is brown. Did you tell him they were the lowest? You gotta be chips? kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. All of those things that you just said are my, my favorite, favorite things, things too. too. Okay, we're done. I wanna win. I wanna <laughs> be the best. Uh, all right. I'm worried about your salvation and what stuff. What are we doing Chris? today? A lot of people are. They're Actually, you know to me what? these days. The, Actually, a lot of people are worried so, about my salvation. So, here, so here's here's what this podcast is all about today. I actually am worried about your salvation and stuff. Not yours, but those listening. And it's, this isn't going to be mm. some sort of like, if you were to die in the next 30 seconds, do you know where you would spend eternity? Because it's hell. I'm just <laughs> kidding. It's not. <laughs> Christopher Martin Serna. This is the first time I've said your full name on the podcast. You are in trouble, mister. People can look me up now. (laughs) (laughs) As if they would go and do that. Yeah, they wouldn't. That's him? (laughs) Why did I waste my time? More bald, I imagined. (laughs) Yeah. Worst worst Google search So you're worried about our listener's salvation. But you know what? Because today's episode is about experiencing God. And it's not just experiencing him, but knowing him. And my... My true desire out of all, just my life's desire is that people would know, would know Jesus. Um, and, you know, Jesus, no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus leads us to the Father. And, man, God the Father, Jehovah, Yahweh, whatever, man, he, he's amazing, right? Like, <laughs> how, do I, how do I even put it in words? You know, I feel like David now. Like, what do I even say? Um, but that's what I desire most for people. And honestly, um, I've I just been thinking about a lot of this kind of stuff lately, but I think it's possible to know about somebody and not actually know them. Hey, can I ask you a question before yes, you go on? Yes, absolutely. How, how, have you always felt this way, like the way that you just described? Like, how can I even describe God? He's so amazing. He's so awesome. And like, mean it. Like, I'm sure, like, there's been points in my life where I've said that, but I don't know that I've believed it Dude, there, or meant it. Like, there, There's so much about the Father, like... It, again, it's hard to put it into words. Um, you know, I could quote scripture, but it's different than me taking what I've learned about him, not just by what people have testified, but what I've experienced. And then to explain that to you, um, it's it's hard, it's difficult, but it's but it's not difficult. Right. You know, I mean, just. You guys, I think, have heard some of my personal testimony if you've listened to the podcast. But, I mean, he's just done so much to change me as a person, and I'm not, I've am not i not arrived um, by any means. But he's still changing me. And the fact that there's somebody who cares about me enough to, to not turn their back on me and to love me unconditionally and never give up on me, regardless of how terrible I am. Knowing the absolute worst. 
knowing the worst about who I am. This is me. I I've done all these things. I continue to do some of these things and he just has not turned his back on me. And he says, no, I have a work to be done in your life. You've, you've been predestined in Christ before the foundation of the earth for good works and to be conformed into his likeness. Like this is what the Lord says about who I am. So I am predestined to be conformed in the image of Christ. So there's a work that's happening in me. That's a beautiful work, right? What is it? It's taking a dead man and bringing him to life. And it's taking a selfish man and making him selfless. It's taking someone who's hateful and making him love someone who's anxious and, and busy and bringing peace and self-control, you know, and long stuff. I mean, just completely changing who Mm. I am. Right. So that, yeah, it's just, it's an amazing um, relationship that we get to have with the father, but you know, that's, that is the, um, that's the topic is I think that people can know about somebody and not actually know them. So, um, with, without a doubt, there are people in my life that if I were to say, Hey, do you know John Smith? Actually know a guy named John Smith. Nice. Do you know the John Smith that I know? Derek? Probably, probably not, not. Right. So what I could do is I could probably send you a link to his Facebook page and you could look around you could read about him and look at his pictures and see where he's checked in and you could do the whole Facebook stalker thing. Right. Right. And then you could say, I know a little bit about John Smith, but does that mean that you've ever face to face met John Smith or had a conversation with him? No, I think a lot of people are in this place with God. I think a lot of people would have heard a lot of information about God and I'm not saying it's wrong that maybe they've not experienced him in a real, in a real way. Um, but that's what I desire for people. Rather than gaining information about God the Father, I want them to know and experience Him. Right. But I think the thing that is wrong is that people have been taught to believe that that is experiencing that and knowing good, God. Yeah. Right. That Say this, that again? That, that the thing that is wrong is that people have been told that that just knowing about God, learning about Him, it's reading enough His Word, to just that, know about Him. We'll know that that is how you get to know God, and that because that is knowing and experiencing. How do I teach you to experience God? You did, I like mean, how do how do I make you experience God? I don't, you well, you don't make him, you can't but make you him. can you point teach. Him in the right direction. You can teach, but it's not transferring just mental stuff. It's not just transferring right. information. It's that's really I think the process of discipleship is walking with that's Jesus. Right. Jesus exposed his disciples to the Father, right. but he didn't just tell them about him. They, he pointed out what he was doing. He talked to them, talked to his father with his disciples. They lived. He showed his disciples what life with God was like. Yes, yes. They, I mean, they, and that's that's a part of the the walking alongside someone, you know. And and unfortunately, a lot of discipleship now is based around gaining biblical knowledge and knowledge, which is, I mean, that, there's value in that. That's good. Yeah, sure. You you want to know what the Bible says, but when that is the, I mean, I would venture to say that's largely what most um, discipleship processes, uh, approaches, mm. study, I mean, whatever you want to call them, Lord approach, like, that's the... it's, I, I think that's what it is. I mean, yeah. today in the West is is all about, hey, let me just give you the right information, and as long as you have the right information, you will make the best decisions that you can make. It's all about behavior modification. So here's here's what these things say, and yeah. just do these things, and you will be good. And unfortunately, <clears throat> you will see some fruit in your life, but I mean, it's possible to completely 
go throughout your whole life and do all those things, all the good things, and not experience well, God. One, right. One of my favorite um, teachings to give, uh, I think I, I think I titled it like the most important thing or something like that, um, or the best thing. And, um, and I asked a question, what, what's the best thing? Um, and when I teach it, I go to the scripture of Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha, yeah. And she has desired. She yeah. has chosen what is best, sitting at the feet of Jesus. And I talk a lot about, uh, so it's Mary, right, sitting at the feet of Jesus. I talk a lot about Martha. Like a lot of us want to work for the Lord, and we, we'll, we'll even work around the Lord. Right. Like mm-hmm. he's here. I'm doing this for him. I'm preparing the home. I'm cooking the food. I'm doing all this stuff. And we'll we'll go to task to make sure that everything is just right. You know, we do this in in ministries, too. We want to serve, 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 serve. And like, I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll do that. Mm-hmm. And some people, they just they miss Jesus. And and he says, you know, you're worried about a lot of things, um, but only one thing matters. And Mary has chosen what is best. And so um, I talk about how the best thing is is being there in the presence of, of Christ. And then I end it by giving that scripture that uh, Derek and I talked a little bit about before we started the recording. And that's the one where Jesus says, on that day, many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, didn't I prophesy? Didn't right, I cast out right. demons? Didn't I do these things? And I'll say, away from me, I never knew you, um, you know, away from me, uh, sinners or doers of iniquity, whatever it is. He says, I never knew you. And so we've thrown around this word knowledge quite a bit. Um, and, and so I've, I've done some word study and I want to kind of bring that up. I know you're, out. you're excited I, for the I word am, study. I am you're excited super for pumped. the word study. Um, but, um, so there's actually, uh, two different words for no in, uh, the Greek. And if, if you've ever done any kind of word study, there's typically multiple kinds of words or different words with different meanings, but for us in the English are the same thing. Mm -hmm. So if I say, Derek, I love you, Mm -hmm. you know, that could be a phileo, right? Like Mm -hmm. a brotherly love, Mm -hmm. like my brother in Christ, like, you know, we're, we're, we're doing this thing together. I know you through the podcast, like, yeah, Derek, man, my bro. Right. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) Blow it up. So, um, so there's that, but then there's agape love and that's the love of the father. But then there's Eros love. That's not even in the scripture. And that's, uh, you don't love me like that. Yeah. I don't love you like that. No, sir. <laughs> no, <laughs> no Eros. Love you, bro. No Eros. Uh, and then there's the familial love, which is storge, like the love of a mother to a child, that kind of stuff. And so there's multi, there's words that mean the same thing in English, but they mean something different, right? So in the Greek, it's that way. So there's this word, no, and, uh, it's in multiple places in the scripture. So let me just read in John ten fourteen. It says, when he, uh, when he had brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they recognize his voice. They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him because they don't recognize the voice of strangers. And so there's this word, um, recognize or know. So there's two, in different translations, it'll say the sheep follow him because they know his voice or they recognize his voice. And so this word here, um, it means to, uh, to see with physical eyes, but a seeing that becomes knowing. So if I say, Oh, I see what you mean. Right. Or, Oh, I see what you're doing there. Like there's some sort of revelation and understanding of, of something. And so we come to, uh, know the father's voice. So we become to recognize the father's voice, but then, um, you've got the, the word no in John, 
10, um, 10, 14 and 15. So that first one was John 10, four, sorry. And so now John 10, 14 through 15, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me as a father knows me. And I know the father. I lay my life down for these sheep. So one is like a recognize, um, and an understanding. And then one says to come to know, recognize or perceive. And then it says to know, especially through personal experience, firsthand acquaintance, and so this word no is actually from the Greek word gnosko, which in Spanish, the cognate for that is conosco. I've heard that. What right? does that so mean? So like it's this, oh, con- yeah. you say conoces, that means like, do you know right. somebody? So if I were to ask you in Spanish, like, okay, let's just you, say you, it you in, in English. Yeah, so yeah. Like, yeah, let's just say in English, Chris, uh, do you, uh, do you know how to use a hammer? Yes. Right. Uh, do you know your wife? Yes. You probably know your wife better than you know a hammer, and you know her in a different way than you know a hammer. One hundred and ten percent. One hundred and ten percent. So there's. So I would use the the same word to ask the same question in English. Right. But in the Greek, it's not the same way. They're different. They're different. So when Jesus says they'll know my voice, he's saying they're going to recognize and understand it. Yeah. When he says they know me, he's not saying they're just not going to recognize and understand. Right. He's he talking said, about personal experience. Personal experience. So. In in Spanish, it's uh, you know if I say do you, if do you know what I'll say sabes que like I'm gonna sabes give you, que? sabes que I'm gonna give you some information. Um, if I'm asking you if you are if you know somebody relationally, I'm gonna say conoces Andrew. See, si. right. And so I'm not asking if you sabe Andrew. Right. I'm asking if you if you like. Hey, do you know? Do you know him? him. Firsthand experience, um, personal experience. First-hand acquaintance, and then it means – so in the Strong's Concordance, it actually says experientially know, mm-hmm. yeah. to experientially know somebody. And so in Luke one thirty four it says, and Mary, a virgin, said to the angel, how will this be since I do not know yeah. a man? Which is so what we were talking about earlier. Is what we're that talking about. carnal knowledge. Right. She's, she's – so I don't know him that So there's some intimacy way. there. So here's here's where I want to get at. Um, there's these two words and I think in a lot of ways we have, so when I first became a Christian, I wanted to more than anything, like learn the scripture, learn the Bible, have the information, be able to evangelize and be smart and preach and do all these things. And essentially like, you know, Oh, hi Jesus. Thanks for saving me. I'm going to go stick my nose in these books now and try and, you know, get knowledgeable about you sa- Christianity. You, Toy Story? you have saved our lives. We are eternally grateful. Yeah, that's right. That? That's what it is. So I wanted to acquire all this knowledge that made me sound smart about my new religion. Right. You know what I'm saying? And gosh, it wasn't until who knows when. I mean, I've always had relationship with them, but that I've began to desire a deeper intimate relationship. Like, And that, and that goes back to the question I asked you earlier, because you didn't really answer it. But my question was, have you always felt this way that you feel now about the Lord, where you have this longing in this, but it's it's not longing for his blessing or anything. It's like, I just, I crave him and being with him because people will hear that and go, what is that even? I've never experienced that. What does that look like? I've been in church my whole life, but I've never had this longing and this desire to be with yeah. And to be yeah. present, to be in presence, well, like that's a that's a whole different thing. I'm, I'm actually in my Evernote right now, and I did a search on that sermon, and uh, I taught that sermon um, back in uh, around August September of 2015. So oh, wow. that's when that's I a lot that's when I, I had some of that revelation of like, 
I, I mean, honestly, when I was doing that study and I was reading those scriptures and I read that and Jesus says, away from me, I never knew you. I just like threw my hands up and I was like, I have to know you, Jesus. Right. Like I have to know mm. you. I have to. And, and it's not because I'm scared of eternal damnation. It wasn't fear. It was, I want to know you. And that is the perfect, like that is what scripture is for, to point and to point you towards like, hey, this is revelatory in some ways. This is revelatory and this pushes you towards desiring God and desiring. You read that scripture and its purpose, I mean, it it did that. It stirred your heart and pointed you not towards more scripture, not towards like, oh, I want to know you. Let me read more about Jesus's words. You're like, oh no, I I need him. you. So I so then I began to um so it's not like yeah, it, it, it help us out here, Derek, cuz I I want to get to you because you're a wealth of knowledge and you have a lot to say. Help us understand how to make that jump from a simple knowledge and understanding like I have, I have data. So let's just call it that. I have data. I have, I have stats. Can I ask Derek one question before you ask this one? Yeah, go ahead. So what's the rub with people confusing those two, those two no's? Like, why, like what, what's the big deal? Like, why does that matter? I think it's kind of everything. Right. Really, if I just want to know about my wife, that's kind of one that's one facet or one level of relationship. Yeah. But I know my wife. We've got five kids together. Yeah. I know her. Yeah. That's a whole different relationship. Right. Uh, yeah, there are people in my life that I just want to know. But you don't want to know. Exactly. Right. That's, that's a special, that's a deep place. That's a intimate place. And that circle is going to be pretty small. And the one who really who really has the highest level of that intimacy is Jesus yeah. to me. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm going to say something we used to say, kind of, and, and you'll understand the context of the time, and it's not against the p- person who made this one saying famous. It just expands on it. It's To me, it's the difference between when you were describing about you wanted to read more and know more, have yes. all this knowledge, that's purpose-driven. And yeah. I'm, I want to be presence driven. Yes. Oh, and come on. So purpose driven versus presence driven. Yeah. Again, I, that's not a slam on Rick Warren. Right, I mean, right, right. It's, but the purpose may be the start, but the presence is it, where, it, the, it's where you, it's where we should end. It's where we should land. That's where we want to get. Yeah. Okay. I was, I just was wondering, cause I'm sure there's some people that were listening that may be going, okay, so right. Got it. Like. These two words, they're not that far off. So I just wanted to get some. And yet I think they are. There are. There, oh, they are. There is, they, they're, they're, they're light not, years and away. They are. It's, right. it's, it's, a, it's a dynamic process. It's a deep process, not, not one that's just easily confined to those two words. Right. And so what right. was your question again to Derek earlier? I don't Before remember, I, but here's what I want to. comment. I always do this. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Your questions just, are just as Yeah, valuable. how do we move from that? So, like, because... Knowledge, so obviously Jesus uses that word know to like perceive and, and mm-hmm. recognize um, the voice of the shepherd. Like we have to know that. So knowledge is time. It's There's good, some right? Time involved. Yeah, right. So it, it's obviously important. Like scripture is important. We talked about how scripture is an arrow. It's, yeah. it's a means to an end. It's not the end in and of itself. But I think a lot of people terminate on the scripture and they say, well, it's right here. It says it. So now I just have to believe it or do it. But it's just like 
when I read scripture and it challenges me, I'll tell you what, I close the book and I get on my knees and I cry out mm. to God and I say, you have to help it me. It leads you lead. to him. It points you. you yeah. You, you know, like I, this is my heart's desire. I need you. I need you to change me. I need more spirit. I need more grace. I need, you know, like it, 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 in and, in and of itself, it's not powerful to change. Um, and so I don't want to discredit its importance, but I think a lot of people terminate on it without actually going to the next step. And so which how truly do we t- weakens it. Right. If you do that, you've actually lowered its value. You've yeah. lessened its efficacy. Right. And so, so talk a little bit about it in your experience, because you're a student, um, you, you are actually enrolled in a spiritual formations, mm. uh, what's it called? The spiritual School, formation, formation, Christian spiritual formation right, at Friends at University. Friends University. So you're a student. Um, you probably read a lot. You probably write a lot. There's probably a lot of information and that kind of thing. But how do you bri- how do, what's the bridge like between that and your personal relationship with experiencing God in your life? So let's kind of hit on that. So one of the one of the that's a a great question. In 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 my program, one of the hallmarks of the program are spiritual disciplines. Right. Actions. Dallas Willard. That's Dallas Willard, Richard Foster, Richard Foster. Celebration of the Disciplines. Yeah. So the, these, these things that we do. So I can sit and read, and that's one dimension, but it's a whole other dimension to enter into and participate with through, mm-hmm. through disciplines. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if I want to uh, think about God being trustworthy— a discipline I might do that helps me understand God's trustworthiness is counting my blessings every day. Right. Maybe listing them, you know, but thinking on those, if, if I, if I concentrate on how blessed I am, how many, how, what, what the Lord has provided and how good that is that he's done that doesn't the level of his trustworthiness increase in my life as a result of that. Yeah, absolutely. And doesn't that draw me closer to him experientially? So that's that's for me. What this is kind of the why of Christian spiritual formation. The Christian spiritual formation goes much further than just the information delivered and received. It's actually the process of transformation. And every time I've gone on here, I'm sure I've wormed the conversation back to that word. But that's transformation. really transformation. Is is I think that's. That's that's it. I've engaged knowing God. Right. I don't I don't become transformed just by reading a book. I, my mind might be expanded a bit. I can so, so talk you, intelligently. So when you can just rattle off a list of those disciplines, because there's a lot of them that even fall outside of what we would. Well, yeah, there's like a top three for like most Western churches, like so. Prayer, fasting. Right. Those prayer, are those prayer, are fasting, meditation, silence, 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 silence is solitude, contemplation, contemplation, yeah, um, meditation, meditation, reading, reading the Word, reading, reading the Bible yep, is yep. a discipline. Mm-hmm. Yes. But am I reading it to gain more information, or am I reading it because I know that life comes through that? Life that draws me into Christ's life, making me Christ-like mm-hmm. right. as part of that process. Yeah, so right. all those, and we have to be careful. It's really easy in, in the spiritual formation world to kind of get prideful. Well, I do these things. Now I'm, I've, turned, I've turned what should be beautiful and meaningful and deep into checklists. Yeah. I've become a Pharisee. 
right. very easy, very easy oh, to yeah. do that. I mean, yeah. the Pharisees, you know, we they, we give them a really bad name, and <laughs> and Jesus did too. But he also said they're right; they have a level of righteousness. Right? Yeah. You know, they're paying attention; they're minding their p's and q's yeah. publicly. They're just not; they don't know me. Yeah. So when I but, know him, right now, my heart's for people, not for a checklist or not to. Yeah. So. Let me let me read this scripture. Um, it's one of my favorite go-tos for this conversation. John chapter 5, we've got verse 39 and 40. So he's talking to the, the Pharisees. Mm. Um, and he says, you pour over, P-O-R-E, pour over the scriptures because you presume that by them you possess eternal life. So the Pharisees are... In the script book, nose in the book. Absolutely, they are. In, they are. They, peep, are, they are men of the book. Oh, no men doubt. of the book. They could. They could uh, quote it, recite it, right? I mean, backwards and forwards. Backwards and forwards. Yeah. I mean, they they were diligent in their gaining of the knowledge large of the scripture. Large parts of it memorized. Exactly. Extremely large right. parts. And so of they it. could get out there and they could dictate or orate mm-hmm. entire books, right? Mm-hmm. Isaiah all in one sitting, right. Ezekiel all in one That's sitting, right. and they could just quote the words but it had no bearing on their heart. So they knew the words about God and they knew the word. They even knew the words God had spoken, memorizing a book of the prophets and then just reciting that. So they had the words of God written on their mind, mm. right? It was memorized. It Dang, was in there. We, we, might even, we might even call it on their heart, but they missed the heart of God. Absolutely. They completely missed the heart of God. So much so that John writes, and he dwelt among men, and they rejected him. They, they didn't even recognize him. him. So the very person that spoke the words through the prophets, the people who heard the words through the prophets, memorized them, could recite them. And then the person that spoke them, when he came onto the scene, they didn't even know who it was. Gosh. But they had all of his words recognized. So I don't have, I don't have the Greek, but to use the word no. <laughs> and later in John 17, this is Jesus himself. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you. Where's that at? John 17, 3. To know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. That's a great scripture. Man, John's killing it with the know. He is. He is. And so in in your first example, Jesus is telling these Pharisees, you think you have this eternal life because you pour over the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And... He doesn't. He doesn't come right out to it. I don't believe yeah, right there say and say that. it's me. Uh huh. But now here later on in John, and this is the high priestly prayer. This is his prayer for us too. You know, he he's he, yeah. He, so he's, just to just to verify that they may know you, the Father that is that is the Greek word uh, gnosko. Okay. Dang. A deep intimate to experientially know firsthand. Well, you account. got John that's in the inner circle, right? Like yeah. of Jesus. Yeah. So, I mean, it would make the sense. beloved disciple. Yeah, you would make sense. It would well, make sense that he's got this no. This Right. Well, let me finish the scripture, and then I'll let you go, because I think I know where you're going. It says, you presume that by them you possess eternal life. These are the very words that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to mm-hmm. have life. And so Jesus is saying, sola scriptura. Uh-oh, be oh, careful, wow. buddy. Yeah. Did he not just go against sola scriptura? Where's by Paul saying, Howie at? 
Let's get I'm him just on saying, here. did he? He says you you think that in the scriptures you have eternal life, yet right. you refuse to come to me. And I, I know that you know those who adhere to sola scriptura would say, well, we know the scriptures are about Jesus, and we are going to him by going to this to what's written about him. I get that, but he's telling the Pharisees you refuse to come to me to have life. So what is what does that look like? How do we pour over the scriptures, know that they testify about Jesus, and go to him for eternal life? Because that's, I think one way it looks like you already described it. You open the you right. open the word, right. and something jumps out at you, and you close it, and you end up on your face, <laughs> right? Because yeah. saying, "Lord, I am undone." Exactly. Yeah. I mean, in those moments, like how many times have you read something? And go, ooh, that's good, and then just keep going instead of going like and you stop. Hi- you highlight just it. And you go, stopping. "That'll cast." Yeah, that'll, that'll cast. That'll cast. <laughs> Let me write that one down. Put it in my in my future. Message topics, ideas, ever knows. my ideas, yeah, my ideas, yep. yeah. The next Babylon B will be salty dogs read scripture for podcast episode content. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. They can totally do this. So, I mean, we're just going back to talking about being like reading scripture, like the Pharisees, and and not allowing, you know, and it doesn't transform you, Jason. I don't know if if you were ever in this place, but I mean, I'm guilty of as a pastor at moments reading scripture for content, not for myself, sure. not for, for my sermon. nourishment, not to point me towards Jesus, but to point others towards Jesus. And I think that that's how pastors can get on such a dangerous road to where, you know, people say like, well, man, you know, so-and-so ended up, you know, having this emotional affair or this physical affair or whatever, or this XYZ hidden thing. Like, how was that allowed to, and, and I think it comes from this place of moving away from intimacy with Jesus. You can get in the in the pastor checkbox list that Absolutely. aren't even spiritual disciplines. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's not, it's just no. the, the I'm, grind I'm doing of this it. Cause I got to get it done. I got to have I gotta something get it to done. say this weekend and right. very, very, I, I, I try to guard myself very It's tough. tough. I, 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 I draw a hard line with that. If I expect my congregate members to spend time in the word and I've taught them, I've discipled them, through contemplative practice, through, uh, you know, silence, through meditation, through prayer, I've got to do that myself. And that's not, that's, that has to come separate from my pastoral duties. Yeah. Because that's, that's actually, that's the wellspring that I hope to feed people out of. So I start on personal, devotional, I start with trying, because I want to know him more in the in the deep meaningful sense not just know about him more i know quite a bit about him i don't know all there is to know about him but i can pick up a book it doesn't have to be the bible and have a lot of good information about him but i want to know him more right and that out of that is where i hope my preaching comes out of right, that time. yeah plowing that ground and honestly that's Absolutely. where that's the where the best Absolutely. stuff comes from because you get to speak from a place of number one vulnerability honesty and and your personal experience as opposed to, i mean and and as a young pastor this is back in 2012 i don't know I, I mean i remember googling like oh you know we're gonna do this series it was as a youth pastor we're gonna do a series on i don't know anger or whatever and just mm-hmm. i mean google scriptures on sure. anger oh here's the top you know five and there's value but just just going right through it, and man, Saturday, I've heard so many pastors say, like, you know, it's it's the pastor grind time, you know, it's uh, it's Sunday's tomorrow, and I don't have a message, let me sit down and see what I can find. When, oh, man, and, and it, It's a thing, it happens, it's, but it I happens, think it, man. it comes from a place of, of, number one, not being taught and encouraged, like, I feel like for so many pastors, they've just been 
say, run, pastor, run, and they and, and leadership just assumes that they're going to do well and they're yeah. going to maintain their own spiritual walk, and it's so easy to fall into the vortex of, of so many other things that don't even matter. Yeah. So well, let me... Oh, go ahead. When go I ahead say there, that sad, I want to make sure that I clarify. I don't say that out of judgmental. Right. I say that's sad. It's a hard place to be. I want... I've been there, right. yeah. and I want, like Jason and like you, Chris for people to truly know. Yeah. And that pastor has got to know right. for him to help disciple and pass right. that level you, of knowledge. So, so this is a silly example, but um, I've heard people say, like, if you're a drug dealer, you don't smoke what you sell, right? Yeah. But as we, we be smoking. As, as a believer in Jesus, <laughs> you gotta smoke we, it. we'd be puffing on that glory. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. We have to, we, we have, <laughs> we have to be taking our own medicine, yeah. right? Like right. we have to be practicing what deeply. We're, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we have to know. So there's a, um, Oh, was it, uh, Charles Spurgeon and it was letter letters to my students or something like that. Do you, do you know that I'm book? Not, I'm not familiar with that. Uh, something like that. And uh, anyways, he's preaching, Charles Spurgeon, he's preaching to uh, people who are thinking about becoming pastors. Mm -hmm. And basically, he starts the book off by saying, you have to know. It's called Lectures to My Students. Lectures to My Students. You have to know he whom you are preaching. Like you, because, I mean, if you don't have a firsthand experiential conosco gnosco knowledge right of who jesus is you're just going to be telling somebody about somebody you've never really met right hey chris tell me about michael jordan right he is fast he's right. good with sports uh-huh that's it yeah he, he won a bunch of rings how many titles he won seven titles seven, seven titles the goat greatest of all time yeah Unless you're a, a, Unless you're a, a Kobe a Le- or a LeBron, right, LeBron yeah. Yeah. I actually so, heard some statistics that LeBron has has outpassed uh, Michael Jordan in every category but championships. Yeah, yeah how about that? Yep. That says a lot. That, there's some sort of pastor analogy in that somewhere. You, yeah, you can memorize all the books in the Bible and be less of a champion than I am in Christ. Because and you're you, better at sword <laughs> drills. <laughs> and you know, you, you mentioned... Moral failure, and I—I I have not met one person, myself included, when that has failed morally within the scope of a deep, intimate walk in the knowledge of the Lord. What do it's, you mean? It's always, I, I for my, for me and every single person I've ever talked to, counseled with, asked brought through a process of pain, it's, I guarantee you, there's, they've dropped off the things that make, if you dropped them off with your wife, you wouldn't have a wife anymore. You wouldn't be, oh, have that relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're so saying they drop off the intimacy there, wagon with something, the Lord. Yeah. Something, right. something in there. Yeah. The intimacy comes from what, whether it's time, whether it's mm. true, whether it's acquisition of knowledge versus my mm-hmm. personal devotion, whatever it is, there's, Something that's there, there's an locked. overflowing and an outpouring into other areas that's of your right. life. So earlier I talked about, um, at the very beginning, I talked about you know these changes that I'm making in my life. And, and somebody basically, so I'm devoting a large amount of time to bettering myself every single day across multiple areas, spiritually, mm-hmm. physically, mm-hmm. mentally, just all of these areas. And because I've invested time in these things, I have literally become a better, I mean, just in a matter of nine days, I mean, it's outpouring 
from this one area and spilling into so many areas of my life. And it's good. And that's the same way that it is with that's Jesus. That's a great analogy it, because it it's not one it's not one facet. It's not one dimension. We are holistic. We are we yes. are three in one, if you will, body, soul and spirit. Yes. Right. You know, so that that this is when you when you make good progress in one of those areas it's going to have to spill into other areas yeah. exactly so i'm exactly. just i'm thinking about my wife right now like her uh her love language is quality time mm. now i could go tell a whole bunch of other people everything that i know about my wife i could give them a whole ton of information about kim villanoid mm. right but that doesn't make up like that does nothing for my my time with her. Are you they, assigning, can't, they can't speak her language. Are you assigning God a love language right now? <laughs> no. Is he taking the test? No. <laughs> but so it just, for me, it, it goes back to, to this whole experiential knowledge. And I want right. to um, kind of touch on, on something real quick. So I think it was Casey who actually, um, who kind of mentioned this to me. But he said, you know, it was when, when people in the scripture experienced God in a new way, they gave him a new name. And so we have multiple names for God. Um, and so I just looked up a real quick list, and I'm going to read through some of these. Um, so we've got El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty, El Elyon, the mm. Most High God, Adonai, Lord Master, Yahweh, Lord Jehovah, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner, Jehovah Ra, Ra'a, the Lord my shepherd, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals, Jehovah Shama, the Lord is there, Jehovah Sikinu, I don't know how to say that one, the Lord our righteousness, Jehovah Mekodiskim, or something, Dishkim, the Lord who sanctifies you, El Olam, the everlasting God, Elohim God, Kana, Jealous, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace, Jehovah Sabbath, the Lord of hosts. Do you remember that song we used to sing at Lakewood? Jehovah Jireh. My provider, my Jehovah, Jehovah Nisi, my Lord. prince of yeah. peace. Lord, yeah, he reign in victory. I remember that. That's um, a good one. So, so all of these names of God. So I can look in Scripture and I can based say, off of experiences <clears throat> that they had with him, based off of firsthand accounts mm. of experiencing God in that regard, that attribute of who He is as as God. They experienced that, and then they named him, right? So some of those the Lord revealed and said, I am true, the Lord true. God Almighty. I am. I, I am. am. Yeah. He spoke about who he yeah. was and said, here's who I am. But then you think about... Often uh, in mountains of fire and... Right. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, right, right. This this huge experience. But these names of God, just because I can read the scripture mm. and say, oh, the Lord is... The Lord's our banner. Well, have I experienced the Lord being my banner, which was in in the Jewish times, right? The the um, the oh my gosh, why can't I talk? The soldiers, the armies, the wars. Yes, they were the emblems. They, that the they emblems. Carry. So as as the the army of God, the the Jews would march forward. They would carry this big banner. And it would say the name of their God. And so when they would say, the Lord is my banner, that's like their emblem, their symbol coming mm-hmm. against this this other army. Right. But the Lord was the one that went before them. And so when they raised the banner of the Lord, they knew they would have victory because, right, the Lord the Lord was their He's banner. He's going before them. Right. right. So, but then 
I might read like the Lord is my shepherd and I'll say, well, you know what? I mean, the Lord's our shepherd. And well, how has he been a shepherd to you? Uh, well, uh, I mean, you know, the Bible says that he's my shepherd and so I, I, I know that he says he's going to take care. Tell me a time yeah. when he took care of you. Yeah, there's something, me, something tell about me, the valley and the shadow. Right. And tell, the, tell me about a feast. time. Tell me about a time that the Lord led you by still waters. Tell me about a time that he, he made you to lie down in green pastures. Tell me about a time where your cup overflowed. Tell me about a time where he set a table in the presence of your enemies. Oh, dude, you're, it's, you're speaking my language. I'm going to go a whole different direction go now. On it. Um, you but, are? But, you know, when we're talking about experiencing God and talking about, you know, how, how do we have these experiences with Jesus? Like, how, how do we do that? Like, aside from praying, and dude, I can tell you, like, this last year, and I mean, people may mark me and throw me in some other camp, but I mean, oh, over they've the, done that over the last, yeah, they'll put me, no, I'm about to go in a weirder camp. Um, but, but contemplation through imagination of, of the Lord and imagining myself like him, I mean, laying with him in a, you know, reading Psalm 23 and, mm. and laying by still water, you know, all of that sitting down at the feast with him and imagining myself with Jesus. There is something so powerful about that and giving the Lord full control of your imagination saying, Lord, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm going to spend time with you right now. And, and I'm just, you know, the scripture points to laying by still waters and being by field, Lord, I'm just going to imagine this place and put myself in there. And Jesus, would you meet me here in my imagination? That is some of the most powerful moments that I've ever experienced with Jesus. And it's been, yeah. it's been unreal. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful because Jesus then in those moments will begin to tell me things like, Chris, I've missed you or I love you. Just these basic, you know, oh, he's not, te- he's not telling me, Hey, you need to do this or do, I mean, he's just there with me. Just there. And well, it's you know, beautiful. Christopher, I haven't read anywhere in the scripture where, where <laughs> the Lord has written, Christopher Martin Cerna, I love you. It's yeah. not written, so how do we know that he actually said it? I might be in that long list of names in Matthew. <laughs> I don't know, at the beginning. Probably not, though. Yeah. I, but, dude, but that's powerful stuff, man. I mean, that's yeah. how I have... I have it's intimacy. The scripture, the using, using the scripture in... Using the almost, sc- embedding myself... In there and just being with Jesus, like right, those types of things, they're so powerful. So there's that book, Dan Sutherland, uh, Chair, oh, yeah, Time, Chair Time, right? So have you heard of this? Mm-mm. So it, I mean, I'll just put it out there. Maybe it falls into Christian mysticism. Um, some people are, yeah, I don't know. They, whatever. Um, Dan Sutherland talks about how in Revelation, he's a he's a pastor in, out in Kansas yeah. City. He, he opens the book by saying in Revelation uh, how we get John's revelation of the heavenlies and then there's this throne and there's something like a sea of glass and there's this angelic host and there are these um, these beings and there's elders casting crowns and they're doing all these things, right? So he gives paints this image of this he heavenly place. The he heavenly describes place, yeah. the heavenly place. Mm-hmm. John does. Well, then Dan Sutherland says, okay, look, Scripture tells us that we've been crucified with Christ and that we've been raised up with him. We are seated with him in the heavenly places. We're seated in Christ there. He said, so just imagine that there's a place for you there in all of that, that heavenly angelic, like presence place right now that it's existing in eternity outside of our timeline. Like that's going on. Do we believe that that's happening or do we believe it just happened one time? Right. Like, Oh, right. Yeah. That happened. That was John's experience. It says day and night. They can't stop saying, Holy, Holy. holy, 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 I mean, it is eternal. 
And the beautiful thing about about that is that the whole concept of this book is that we have a chair seated before the throne of God. I mean, if you read it, I mean, Scripture, we we can go there there and imagine sitting there and just for prayer. And it's really a book about prayer and and highlights the flip, the other side of the coin. For, For too long, I think especially in America... Prayer for us is all about talking. It's all about talking, all yeah. about talking, all about talking. And chair time is all about the simple art and lost um, discipline of listening and sitting and listening Absolutely. and being quiet before the Lord and saying, Lord, I'm here. I'm amongst all of this, and, and all of this worship is going on, and, and you want you have something you want to say to me. What do you want to say to me? Yeah. I'm here. I give you right. my time and attention, mm-hmm. and whatever you want to say, it's here. Yeah, and so we definitely fall into camps at this point in time because um, there are some who will say, well, God has already said He everything He needs to say to us in this era, in this you know this day and age, mm-hmm. and so it's in Scripture, yep. and so you you have everything that you need in Scripture. He doesn't need to say, "Chris, I love you," because He's already done it through Jesus on the cross. And so you look to that, and you know He loves you. He doesn't need to say it to you, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, I look at that Scripture. It says, "My sheep will know my voice." Well, you know, it. I don't think that um, He was. I don't know. I. I He's still leading us and guiding us by his spirit, right? It's that why the connection that you we know, have with him. When I and came so, to when I came to faith, it wasn't because I read the Bible. Um it was because I had experience with Jesus. It was because my family was changed and I saw my dad yeah. changed. Like it it was through experience that I saw. I mean, I could have read those words in John. I mean, I could have I could have read that but I saw God at work in my family's life and in other people's lives. And I knew it was like, I was drawn in mm-hmm. and, and it's that experience. And, yeah. and it's well, super I'll interesting I'll to clarify think about that. on that. There are people I think that do find their way to Jesus just reading the Bible. I oh think yeah. For sure. I've heard converts of converts or, you know, the Gideons, they have Bibles. For out. Sure. So yeah. I, I, my dad's a Gideon. So I hear all these incredible sure. testimonies. Yeah. There's two sides of that. But for sure. Without the experience, I don't think they'll stay on that road. Right. Because it's not until the experience that you can say God is good. Right. And talk about that. God is trustworthy. God saved God me. God is generous. God saved me. God is love. God right. is whole God is self sacrificing. He's all of those things. You can't but those those that's the different okay, you so you, you listed off these attributes of God that are according to his name and right. what he is. Yeah. But they got those through their experience. We, we don't, if, until you can describe God as love, God is holy, God is generous, God transforms, God is Be, good, God is trust. That comes from, I can tell you why he's that and exactly. what, what it, I've experienced it becomes, in that. It becomes personal testimony. The, the, uh, the disciples in the book of Acts, they have to face the Sanhedrin, right? Or the, you know, the religious political leaders yeah. at that time. And it says, we command you to, to stop preaching in the name of Jesus. And they say, we can't help but speak of the things that we've seen and heard. We're, we're compelled. They, it was firsthand yeah. account of the yeah. things that they've seen and heard and experienced. We can't help right. but talk yeah. about the things that we've That's experienced. Right. It, it's not like they were running around reciting the Torah. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's the, that was part of the problem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they were really good at that. Yeah. yeah. If they would have been running around reciting the Torah, they would have been like, oh, look at these zealots. Yes, look right. at them go. Look at them go. Right. Look at these Jewish zealots. And then, yeah, they probably would have been you arrested. converters, you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you pros- proselytizers. So I just, and I think it's so important. Like, you know, there is this um, kind of this mysterious situation 
that I mean, in some way, shape, or form, our experience with God is mystical. It's mysterious because why? Because the an invisible, uh, uh, an invisible being, mm. essentially the invisible God. Um, obviously, not in the person of Christ. He became manifest, but we have the living God, the Creator of the universe. Um, you know, He spoke. No, uh, he spoke into nothing and something happened, right? Like he yeah. created from nothing and ex nihilo, ex nihilo, right? And so he he sits in the heavens and he sent his spirit mm. to come and indwell inside of us, and and so now we have new life and we are kainos creation. We're no longer human. We're a new creation in Christ. We are in Him. We are among the first of many, right? Like or Jesus is the the first among many, the firstborn right. among first many, right? So. Mm-hmm. And so we're like this new race who are who are in union with God and and we're living a certain way and 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 yeah that's it's kind of crazy but how does that happen It's not like I can just you know there's no methodical approach it's not a it's not a linear situation it's not a systematic it's not a systematic situation <laughs> so like you know I can't tell you um, go have an experience with God. But I can point you and say, man, you know, like I can give you personal experience and say, I, I've just gotten on my knees and I've just cried out to God. I said, God, I want to know. I need to know you. I have to know you. I want to know you. I want what you want for me. I want my destiny. I want to walk in those good works that you said that I would walk in. I want to become the light, the image of your son, like you said I would. And so, man, just I surrender. I want to partner with you in that work. Speak to me. Show me. Lead me, God. And I just start pouring that out, and then he does. Yeah. And, and so I can tell you what I've done. Yeah, I mean, there's other yes. times where I've like, I've lit a candle and I've put some music on and I've gone into a place of meditation and contemplation and he's met me there. And so like, I, I can tell you the environment, which I did, I can tell you the things I did, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to produce the same thing it did for me. But I think that's where that first hand experience in that word, the definition of that word knowing comes into, into play because you're going to know, come to know him differently. You're going to have different disciplines. You're going to have different relationship with him. My relationship, um, you know, like with my wife is different than, you know, any other woman. Or my relationship with my daughter is different than my relationship with my stepson. Like it, it's just all different, right? I usually say, I tell people like you have to let God um, discipline his children the way he needs to discipline them. Because he knows people differently and reveals himself differently and knows what people need and knows what they don't need. And He's going to lead and guide them. And so I can't say that my experience is necessarily going to be your experience. What it all boils down to is you need that firsthand account to know him and to go beyond knowing about him so that you can say, God is good. Well, why is he good? Because of this. And he proved it. You can point to an experience in your life where that became reality and truth to you, not because somebody told you it was truth, but because you can't help but testify that that's truth. Yeah, listen, I mean, and you've heard it said, look at me, you've heard it, I mean, you've heard people say before the best, um, I I would hate to say evangelism, but I'm just going to say that word, like, like, skill is like your story is your testimony. Sure. I mean, people are going to dispute and, and challenge the credibility of the Bible from now until eternity and even back, you know, from its existence. But the thing that people cannot dispute is your experience. And that's not going to shake you. Somebody can maybe, you know, disprove something or, or have you view a different angle from something biblical, but or, that's not going to change your exp- your experience with a loving, living father, you know, God. It's not going to change that. What I was thinking when you were saying that is 
Yes, I can describe that for somebody, but as a pastor, I have the privilege to say, come with me. Mm -hmm. And yes, it may work different for you, but I'll show you how it's, let's do it. And I'll show you how it's done. And you will discover one of the most powerful uh, things that, that really began, no, I didn't begin. I was on this path of radical transformation and I went to a prayer school. And so many times prayer schools are about praying. So I go to prayer school, pastor comes out, and he begins his daily office, liturgical prayer. Okay. Prayer. Ooh, the daily office. Yeah, that's a, that's a good uh, thing that I learned about. So he didn't just say, here's what you do. He said, um, God, the Father, uh, we, you know, he, he just began to pray. His, his, his habit of prayer. That's the way the Lord's Prayer came about. Any good rabbi could teach his disciples to pray. Yeah. But it wasn't just he didn't say, just do this and then go do it. Jesus said, pray this way. Uh-huh. His disciples had asked. That's what the Lord's Prayer came about. His disciples asked him, what should, how should we pray? pray say this. Do right. this. Our Father who art in heaven. And mm-hmm. they began to do that. Yeah. And after that, his di- I guarantee you, his disciples had a better, deeper relationship with the Father than they did before. He had shown them and had given them the tools for them to go continue and pursue that level of knowledge yeah. in their own life. It wasn't just a script, yeah. and that's it. Right. It was, let's sit and do this. Uh-huh. Say this. Do right. it this way. Yeah. And I think that's that's one of the most beautiful uh, privileges that I have as a pastor is to do that with people. To walk people through To that. walk people through but that. But you know what? I mean, so when we started our, our gathering now is called Disciple Community, and I really wanted that time together to, to be functional. And so that word functional means uh, designed with a certain end in mind, and it says not necessarily attractive. I mean, that's, right. that yeah. is the definition functional. of functional. Yes. And so it may not be attractive, but it accomplishes what it meant, it's meant to accomplish. And so I was real big on this, this term, functional ministry. Right. And so I was determined. Yeah, I know you that, yeah, actually, I didn't realize that you use that a lot until you said that, like you really do use mm-hmm. that word to describe oh, yeah. that quite a bit. So what I realized is that, um, so I was, I have to tell this story. I think I've told it on the podcast before. I'm not sure, but you're familiar with Charles Stanley, sure. um, father to Andy Stanley which a lot of people are um, familiar with as well. They know of him. Maybe they don't know him personally. I don't. <laughs> and uh, anyways, so Charles Stanley, he's preaching uh, on the radio, right? So he has this big show, and they they blast his sermons. And, and so I was listening to Charles Stanley. I mean, this guy has been around for a long time. I mean, he's probably done more for the kingdom, <laughs> you know, three times over than what I've done. But I'm listening to him preach. He's preaching on forgiveness, and he's talking about all the pitfalls of unforgiveness and all the pain and, you know, why you need to forgive. You should, the scripture tells us forgive, 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 right? And you get all this information about why and what and who and, and when, forgive now, not tomorrow or later. But man, I got to a point to where I'm like, okay, I was, I was yelling at the radio. I said, okay, Charles, I hear you. How do I do this? How do I forgive? Tell me. Like, yeah, you've won me you know, over. I you've agree. You've won me over. Yes, I want to do it. How do I forgive? So 
not give me information about what scripture says about forgiveness or give me five points on how unforgiveness is going to, you know, um, rot a hole in my heart. If I'm ready there to take a step and forgive, what do I do? How do I do this? Come right? back next week. And, yeah. And so here's what he does. So here's what he does. That's <laughs> Got right. Him. Got him. In. So he says, all right, well, let's pray. And in his prayer, Lord, thank you so much for your grace and mercy and love. And with that same love that you've given us, help us to forgive those around. Oh, now there it is. Amen. And then it's done. 30 minute sermon on why, how, or why, what, when, who, couple little lines of, of prayer on the how. Lord, we need your help. Yeah. We need you to change our hearts with the same love you've given us, man, help it, help us. And I mean, how powerful would it be though, if you did a 10 minute, why, who, That's when, right. That's right. what, and then uh, took 20 minutes with 20 your congregation and said, of, here we go. Yeah. We're going to dive we're in into it. today. We, Let's Lord, get into the nitty gritty. Right. God, we're man, just by the blood of Christ, we are, we are stepping in. The veil is torn. We're covered. We're forgiven. We're loved. We're yours. We're your children. We're coming to you. And here we are. God, I, I stand before you and I am holding unforgiveness in my heart to my brother, Chris. And I'm just going to lay that down before Uh-oh. the functional. Right. Let's do. But, but what's interesting, though, is, I mean, you look at information, 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 information to where you're saying we can do information experience. Like oh, information is that what I just did? and experience, not just information, information. Okay, now yeah. you go do Well, brother, the Bible it. says you ought to forgive, so you better forgive. I know what somebody did to, right. to lay that out. I think of when, when you're telling that story, I'm thinking of Paul Young, who wrote The Shack. Uh-huh. You know, the shack is a is a big story about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So rather than the 30-minute lecture to his kids on how to forgive, yeah. he sat and wrote a book uh-huh. to his kids yeah. on how to forgive. Yeah, I've yeah. heard that. <laughs> the functional, the functionality behind beautiful. it. Beautiful. So, yeah, but here's the thing about functional ministry is it's not pretty. People don't want to sit in a room for 20 minutes and get into corporate no. prayer and lay all confess all their unforgiveness in front of everybody. You know, it's just not something people want to do. And it doesn't look pretty, but man it gets stuff done. Yeah. Some of the some of the most the the greatest breakthroughs I've seen I've ever seen anybody have like around me during ministry time usually comes with snot and tears. That's right. Yeah. yeah that's good. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that you have to like bubble over in repentance and, you know, guilt right. and shame and, yeah. Oh, I'm so terrible. And, you know, rip your clothes, sackcloth and ash kind of situation. But what does he do? And he's laying naked on but, the floor. Not again. But man, if you've ever, if you've ever seen some people really receive some breakthrough, yeah. it, sometimes it just comes with some nasty, snotty, you know, I, I can't catch my breath because I'm so broken right now. That kind of crap. Yeah. And, you, you know, and, and people don't want to get into that place, especially not like in a, in a corporate not situation. In a public setting, and I'm yeah. not saying everybody has to do that either. But what I'm saying is like, you start to talk about functional ministry. It's like, Hey, will you pray for me? Because I'm really going through a hard time right now. Sure, oh yeah, brother. Tomorrow. I'll, I'll pray for you. So yeah. All right. Hey, see you so next let's, week. Let's grab hands and do let's that right do now. that right That's now. Right. Are yeah. you prepared to spend yeah. some time really yeah. digging into the messiness of what this, you know, like, here's yeah. here's a question that I I think of then as as we're in this technology we're we're delivering this by, via yes. a podcast we're mm-hmm. we've talked about Facebook 
We've probably mentioned Twitter a whole number of times on this sure. podcast. Yeah. In a world confined in, in a world where that's such a thing, could could experience be a real something that the young youngins of today? Because I I'm why well, I, I like to say I'm that I'm not that. <laughs> the, the millennials of today. I think that's one of the cause of their return into the church, into deeper spirituality, is because of the of the bifurcation of experience right. and knowledge, because of that division. And they've discovered themselves, Facebook has its place, but it's not the real deal. Yeah, they've. I mean, they've realized that it's a it's a cheap substitute. I mean, it it. It's not everything, you know. No. It there it serves a purpose, and there's a purpose, but it's not everything. And so, so I've been reading this book called The Tangible Kingdom. I'm, I'm almost done with it. It's Hugh Halter. Hugh Halter. And so he mm. is, he's a big uh, incarnational living, mm-hmm. kind of all about the missional living, and and so he's talking about how to implement. Uh, the, I'm in the last couple chapters of the book, and he's talking about. Um, he, he makes the case, and Andy Stanley actually makes this case too, but that we're living in a post-Christian world. And now Hugh was saying this ten years ago. Andy's uh-huh. saying it now, you know, like, oh, yeah. and yeah. now it's like, oh no, we really are. But now even the writing then, might be on the wall. <laughs> even yeah, even then. And so what that means is that it's not that people in America have not heard the message of Jesus. Right. It's that people have heard the message of Jesus and have rejected it because of. Christians, Ooh. because we don't practice what we what we preach, and so what Hugh talks about is this this uh, the the that the most attractional thing about the way that we live should be the way that we you know listen to people in love without strings attached, and you know just this experience that comes with it instead of teaching and just preaching the gospel it's showing and living the gospel out now there's there's power incarnational incarnational like christ is within me right and then it's the over it's the overflowing yeah. and and that type of thing. not to say that there's anything wrong sharing that there's not but no. the, it to a world that does not want anything to do with Jesus. The only thing that is going to penetrate their heart is when you are a well that is overflowing with the love of Jesus. And so it's that experience. Mm. I mean, you invite, and, and it's all about experience. This this missional kind of living is about inviting people into your life, being with them, not just telling them that you love them, but loving them and, and doing the hard things like inviting somebody to live with you because they just got kicked out of their house. You know. And that's the gospel, like those types of things, like the hard Dude, things. So he, how... How absurd would it be if rather than telling my wife I loved her, I told her, well, you know what? Scripture says that I'm supposed to love you like Christ loved the church. And that was just what I said every time she said, I love you. <laughs> Scripture you made says the sign I'm of the cross over her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love you so much, oh, Jason. Man. Scripture says that I'm to love you like Christ loved the church. And I just told her that every time she ever told me she'd love me. And I'm just giving her words about some information about who I'm supposed to be to her, right? Now like, go do something for me. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Like, And even just because Scripture tells me that I'm supposed to love her, like Christ loved the church, and die for her, give myself for her, just because it says that doesn't mean I even have the power to do that. I have to go hit my knees on a daily freaking basis and say, God, I don't want to be like this. I don't want to be like this anymore. I want transformation. God, I need you. Oh, yeah. God, I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you constantly crying out to the father constantly going back to the source and saying go, go ahead, ahead. No. with your with your wife though if you do die to yourself 
Mm-hmm. Like, I want to watch this, but you want to watch this. That's cool. Let's go this way. Yeah. And that's a that's kind of a that deferral to her preference. Yeah. Is a regular thing. Sure. You will you will gain a benefit from that. Yeah. Young right. man, I know that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> But you will acquire yeah. much deeper knowledge. She will open herself right. to you, right? Yeah. uniquely. So, right, right. So if I just if I just quote scripture to her every time that I'm trying to show her love, I'm not doing anything, right? You have to show the love. You have to show. You have to show it. What does that mean? You know how do we how do we do that for people? You know. I mean, honestly, I think that comes. I mean, do you do you've met? Okay, I'm going to share this story. So my wife works in the service industry, the beauty industry. She has a client who comes in that she knows is a pastress. She's, mm-hmm. she's a pastor. Okay. There's so a podcast title for you. Pastor. She pastor. comes in to uh, get her eyelashes done. And my wife said that every time she comes in, she is as cold as you can get. Oh, she no. is just rude. And she, oh, no. I mean, my wife said, like, I don't understand how this person can claim to be a Christ follower. And there is no joy. There is zero joy. There is just judgment and anger and all of that stuff. And so I look at these things and and I, I feel like you cannot show the love of Jesus if you're not actively experiencing yeah, it. Yeah. And when you actively experience, and I hate to make a I mean, Scripture says we can judge fruit. It does not look like there's any fruit there. Yeah. It doesn't. I mean, it just looks like there's... Now, granted, maybe she had a bad day, but my wife said it's every single yeah. time. Oh, well, let's... Yeah. let's hey, oh, hold I want to make that, one, I make one last point. No, <laughs> so, so there's that, and I would say that, man, you absolutely... Like, it becomes, again, this word overflowing. When we have this intimacy with God, with the Father, it overflows from us. And and it's like, okay, so if you've ever uh like jumped in a pool, there's like the splash that comes out uh-huh. of it. Like we other people around us cannot not be recipients of the that's joy right. and yeah, the love good. from the mm-hmm. Lord if we're jumping in head first. Cannonball. They're getting splattered all over the place. I mean it, that's just the way that it is. Yeah. And so you in order to show that love, you gotta experience it yourself. And and it's not like you have to try, honestly, because it's an overflowing. Yeah. It's an outpouring. I understand. So you're talking about Do you understand? You're talking about you're talking about bearing fruit. So what does Jesus say about bearing fruit? I don't know, but he hates figs. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that was good. Did you like that? <sighs> Left turn. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um What is what does Jesus say about bearing fruit? He says, Abide in me and you will bear much fruit. Just because I know the scripture says to abide in him doesn't mean that I'm going to bear fruit. I have to go abide. Yeah, I, have to, I have to experience That's, abiding. Right. Well, how do I do that? Right? Well, Bible says you need to abide in Jesus, so go abide. Well, how do I do that? Just more, do I read more scripture? Right. What do, do I, you know, disciplines again. Yes. Right. Yes. yes. Part yes. of it. Yes. 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 And yes. Yes. All of it. But how do you, how do you abide? You just chill. It's like, just stay connected to me. Like plug in. Sit in a chair. Sit in a chair. Right. And put a chair next to you mm-hmm. and say, Jesus, which chair do you want? Come, mm-hmm. come sit and with I'm me. And I'm going to sit in the other one. Right. And so yeah. I sit down and he's sitting there. Yeah. And I'm just being and with him. And you're just being with him. You're and, reclining and, at the and table. And maybe, right. maybe I, I pick, a, pick a scripture. The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus, what does that mean? Right. Yes, thank you. Or Thank even you. have you, I mean, have you ever like taken, I don't know what this is, I'm sure there's a name for it, but just taken a scripture, the Lord is my shepherd, the Lord, the Lord. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lord, the Lord is. 
yeah. is. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, and you do yeah. begin, the Lord is mine. Uh-huh. My, he's mine. Yeah. Shep, like, just sat and med- the meditating on Scripture. Yeah. Yeah. And in that, I mean, you're, you're reading one thing, but in that, the Lord, I mean, the Holy Spirit is bringing revelation to you in that moment in exactly what you need to hear. Yeah. You know, maybe, I don't know, he can address one of millions of different things that he wants right. to bring up with you. But again, <clears throat> Scripture's pointing and driving right. you towards, and there's some revelation that happens there, you know? So... Um, Derek, it looked like Derek had something. Well, the frustrating say. thing is if we if we tell people, that's one of the reasons I say, "Come with me, let's do it." Right. If I just tell them, "Well, not, that's do I have to really do that? That's legal." You know, you begin to get accused of being a legalist and all this. Right. No, you don't understand. You're missing the whole <laughs> yeah. thing. I'm sitting with Jesus, and I've put this out there. Yes. Yeah, let's and then I shut up, and I hear him talking to me. He's saying yeah, things. Right. Yeah. So, so that's very important because again, they're. There are, there are multiple camps on this whole situation. Either you believe the Lord will speak to you in your spirit or you you don't and you you rely on scripture to give you all of the knowledge and information that you think that you need for Christian living, which in Christ we've been given everything we need for holiness and godliness and all of that. But it's that relationship aspect that we're talking about. You're saying, I can go sit in a chair and I can ask Jesus to come sit next to me and then I can talk to him right but and so i mean this is what it's all about it's pointing people to jesus use the scripture to point him to jesus you are scripture itself points it to jesus scripture is the arrow i mean it just boom so hebrews 11 6 and without faith it is impossible to please god because anyone who continues uh comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him and so we have to believe that when we seek him, there's reward. Right. What is the reward? It's him. him. Oh he is goodness. the reward. We get him, yeah. right? Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open it, I will come in and I'm going to have dinner with him. Get this man a ring. Right. The ring doorbell, you know it's, what I mean? <laughs> Just Maybe they didn't know it was him. Anyways, I get I get so excited about this. Like As opposed to, him. well, I'm going to read my Bible. I really don't have time to sit with you in the chair today, right. Jesus. I'm just going to read about you today. Would that be good? Right. I mean, I mean, even sometimes, man, when I was going down that checklist, um, you know, just a fiend on the list, just, oh, I got to do it today. I'm trying to get I'm trying to get a weak gun. And it's like, oh, but I only have 10 minutes. Okay, that's fine. <sighs> Speed read. Okay, thanks. You know, I'm out of here. Yeah. And it's like, well, what was the point of it? You would probably be better off not doing anything because yeah. all I did was puff up my pride that I checked the box. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. For the first time ever, I'm going to go take a restroom break during the podcast. So you guys are going to have to hold it down. Okay, that's right. fine. All I right. drank that whole pitcher of water almost. How much is that? It's a lot of ounces. That's a lot. Probably 32 to 40 ounces worth of water. We'll get podcast. practical, Derek. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's get, after, let's get, get practical. practical. So, you know, we let's say we have some people that are sitting here and, and they're listening, whether live or, or in the future, um, and they're going, man, I don't I don't know. Like, how, how can someone begin to do a, like, an inner check, like, a check, almost like a check engine light, like, how do I know if I'm experiencing God or not experiencing God? How do I know if I've just become a slave to the checklist or, yeah. or if I'm, you know, experiencing God? What is what does that look like? Let's, one of, get, one let's of get the, practical. One of the first things that I would say, and and this may this may uh, punch at some of your listeners uh, because oh, this it. is the salty dogs, and so we're kind of edgy here. Right, right. And there's a lot of people that say oh, I don't really need the church. Right. Just me and Jesus. No. Because one of the ways you know whether you're experiencing God is in community. I agree 100%. In, in how, how, does that, how does community work for you? If, it's, if you're solo, 
man, I'm not going to judge you and say whether you're experiencing them or not. What I'm going to say is in my experience, you're probably not. Right. And and it's it's a beautiful thing when you're walking with people. And I'm not talking about just, you know, just joining a no, group. No, right. You know, not exactly. just joining no. a group and just doing a study. Like, no, when you really get to know people and they're sharing the junk that's going on in yeah. their life and you're sharing the junk that's going on in your life and you're able to say, hey, let, let's pray about this together. Let's, let's, put let, the, let's put this, let's get Jesus' chair right, over here. Yeah, let's and put this mess in front of him. Let's not wait and let's not have yeah. a check-in next week. Let's stop right now yeah. and let's be present and let's have an experience with Jesus. Let's let's go to him with this stuff. It, community is, is so I vital, but I know I that there's I think that's been, one of the most powerful, immediately impactful to experiencing God, yeah, yeah to actually to, moving in towards to knowing. That. Because you guess what? If you have a bunch of people that are knowing God together, again, going back to this overflowing, it's just you just got all these people that are cannonballing <laughs> into right. into the love of Jesus, and it's just getting all over everyone. You just got that's right. Jesus yeah. juice everywhere. It's it's, oh boy. it's we can going talk everywhere. about it here, right? But if if you're listening, I would tell you go find somebody and do it. Exactly. That's that would be step one. And, and so, and so do, okay. So let's say they got a community, you know, they're involved in the community. So how do they, how do you begin to know God or, or move into knowing him outside of just reading about him, like practically, or how have you guys well, done that in your life? I kind of shared my way for me. It's this, it's this, uh, contemplative, meditative, you know, encountering a, Jesus in my mind. That's a part of, of my daily office. Yes. What you described. Yeah. I have, I, I would generally carve out, you know, maybe 20 minutes. I don't know. It's yeah. not, I don't have a time. I'm not on a, on yeah. a timer. I, I this try is, not it is to Jesus' be. time. You've set this time That's around. That's right. Yeah. But it's there. It's planned. And so I've, I've prayed through my the prayers, and then I, I, I switch. There's, there's prayers that are always expressing out to God, and that's the first half of my prayers are expressing to God. Then I begin to go through the Lord's Prayer and then I begin to take the Lord's Prayer apart, mm-hmm. and then I begin to pray for my family. Then I begin to get into my needs. Yeah. And somewhere in that moment, in that time, after I've I've probably read read a psalm or two uh, about His provision, about His protection, about what He does for us, then I'm going to say, okay, I need to just set this tide this time aside with Jesus, and I might think of a, a problem I'm having, an issue I'm facing a concern that I have and I verbally say it right. and, and, and Jesus, I believe you're here and I'm going to sit and I'm going to let you, I shouldn't have made that. Noise, so. <laughs> you do, <laughs> no, but you do good, all that by faith, right? I do, Well, I don't have any other way to do it. Right. I, I mean, that's, but I, I speak it. I speak it because that's, again, I'm, I, I we're holistic people. So there's action involved. Right. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not just doing it mentally. Yeah. It's it's coming through and out. True. And then, you know, he answers me all, almost all the time. That Yeah, that's an interesting point to start talking about, you know, us being a tripart, being, you know, uh, body, soul, spirit. And I think that, that Christians are really good of engaging God with our bodies, you know, clapping our hands, you know, if you're sure. if you're in a church that does that, singing audibly, talking, speaking to God. But then there's there's levels you can begin to move inwardly towards your mind and begin to ga- engage God with your mm-hmm. mind and when you're with your imagination. And then there's moments to where you begin to engage with spirit to spirit, you know, that type oh. of thing like and and those are some of those moments to where you just your soul get, is get wrecked for the Lord. Exactly. I mean, you 
Right. Is it's crazy, but moving and I think maybe even acknowledging that, like, and and honestly, I really like big worship. You know, just I like it all. There's a grandness to it, but there's also something to be said for it's very sensory driven, and it, mm-hmm. it's really hard to move into these deeper levels of intimacy with God during. I mean, I'm saying singing worship at this point yeah. when all your sensories are just super stimulated. It's yeah. really hard to move into that next one. Okay, let me engage mind and okay lord even even a step deeper can you help me engage spirit to spirit like that that's really hard to do it, yeah. i mean it takes it takes some intentionality and honestly yeah. by faith lord will you help me do this yeah i i think a lot of it ends up just having to do with intimacy and desire like de- desiring the lord right desiring that that communication, that experience sometimes though before you get desire you have to kind of lay it out you have to, you kind of not fake it till you make it, but you've got right. to do it. You sure. know, I, so, sometimes I'm in the valley of dry bones uh-huh. and I, I know that he can make those bones live again. I've seen it. I've experienced it, but right now it's dry bones, but I don't just close the book and say, well, you know, maybe it'll be tomorrow, maybe next week. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I'll, I'll, those bones aren't going to live again if I walk away from them. Mm-hmm. They're going to yeah. live again when I just, right. when I persist, mm-hmm. when I press in, when I continue to not hear anything but believe that he's there. Right. That's when all of a sudden a breakthrough happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the hardest concepts for me to try to pass on in discipling with people that are struggling with things. If mm-hmm. you stick in there. Right. If you, if you do do it, keep doing it. Keep keep pressing in. Keep believing. Yeah, right. Right. It'll it'll happen. It'll yeah. it'll come. He you responds. Know, yeah. yeah. And I think I think a lot of times, and we're talking about faith. Like I think a lot of times people want certain affirmations that like oh I'm experiencing God. Like I you know I'm experiencing God if. I get the God bumps. Oh, yeah. I feel the sensation. <laughs> I start crying. We're not even talking I, about feeling. Though. You know, I start like mm-hmm. feeling like all of this stuff. So, you, you know, they go through the list. It's entirely accurate. I'm telling you that you can engage and not feel a thing and just right. trust that by faith, the Lord, you know, the Lord says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Yeah, I am right. trusting that no matter if I draw near to you, you are there, even if I don't feel it. Right. I mean, can I faith. tell you this? This is maybe pushing in a in a little bit of a different direction but to me that is the critical the, the experience is the critical connection and importance of eucharist or mm-hmm. communion communion right and, and that takes place in a service context and i know that's right. not we're not just pushing sure. the service but yeah. right, right, right. but that is that to me is why and that's one reason why to go to the gathering mm-hmm. Is, is is to plug in and be For part sure. of that process, so that together we have we have raised our voices in acclaim, we have confessed our sins, we've heard the word broken before us, and now we're going to partake that we might be. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's that's the power of communion, oh. and that's why right. that's why I do it. That's well, why we do it. So yeah. le- so let me tell you something now. Um, whether you agree or disagree with all of the um, the literal situation behind that, actually having juice in your hand or actually having bread in your we hand to, to symbolize. You do? Yeah, you oh, do. snap. Church of the Cross, Saturday <laughs> night. <laughs> come get, come get crazy. 6 p.m., Derek Shore. 
Um, bring your own cup. That's oh, right. that's a picture. What are you doing? B O Y C. Bring your own cup. B O Y O B. Bring your own blood. Um, so you know, per, he likes Derek likes Merlot. So just to, if you wanted to know. Um, oh boy. So uh, I was in prayer the other day, and I'm just so I wanted to say this. Like I my my good friend, my sister in law Christine Smith. She taught uh, one evening here at the source, and actually it was one morning, and she was talking talking about focusing on the Lord, and uh, she said, you know, all we have to do is turn our time and our attention, and and I always remembered that time and attention, mm. in a in in a you can give a moment, you can give a minute, you can give an hour, but time and attention, and so really for me, my practice is time and attention. I take a moment, I close my eyes, I take a deep, that's just for me, close mm-hmm. my eyes, I take a deep breath, and I just, I just look, right, I, I turn my time and my attention, I, I don't think about anything else, I just say, Lord, and I just say his name, mm-hmm. and I, I begin to speak to him, you know, most of the time I will say some things, and, uh, and then, you know, he'll say some things back, but just this other day, you're, I mean, you're talking about Eucharist. You know, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Right. Do this to remember. And so Ooh, I, just, I wonder if it's that word. Is it gnosko? Is that it? Oh, that's a good one. We'll have to look it up. Um, that but, would be crazy. But I, I uh, well, Eucharist also means, it means thankful. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, yeah. Um, that'll preach. <laughs> yeah. So it means Thanksgiving. And so what I did was I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to take some time and I'm just going to remember. I want to remember who you are, what you've done, your body. I'm going to remember you in this moment. And that's what communion is. And so, yeah, we have bread and we have wine that we use that's symbolic. But in that moment, I believe I had communion with the Lord in my heart because I was taking the time and giving my attention to remember who he was and what he did and how that impacted me. And I'm saying, and I said, I said, all of your body, all of your brokenness, all of your bloodshed, all of your forgiveness, right? I want it all. Your, all of your, uh, your DNA, you know, as a son of God, like I want all, I need all of that, right? And so as I'm remembering, I'm saying yes, and I'm remembering, yeah, I'm covered by the blood. I'm sanctified. I'm a child. I'm loved. I'm accepted. And, and it leads me, okay, so a lot of people will say, well, communion's about him and what he did. Well, yes, it is. But it has massive implications on who we are. And when, and when we remember yeah. who he was and then who we are, it leads to worship. I'm not saying yeah. I'm blessed, I'm forgiven, I'm redeemed to worship myself. I'm saying That's it right. to worship him. That's right. And so I'm remembering right. who he is and who I am in him. And then I just worship with my words. I say, you're so wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's you're not so gono- worthy. It's not Gnosko. What That's, is it? Uh, anonymous. Anonesis. Yeah, anonesis. A recalling What's remembrance. What's the Strong's? Members. I don't know what the Strong's is, but the the word is anonesis, which is not only remembering, but it's when you remember your wedding day, you remember being there. There's emotion. And this is, that's what this, when when we remember in communion, we're transported in in time, in a sense, back to that moment with him. So let's talk about this. Because he talked about it earlier. We talked a lot about imagination. Let's talk about the power of imagination yeah. for just a moment. So can you imagine back when you were a kid, 
Can you imagine back to a time when you really hurt yourself or somebody hurt you? Yes. You can go to that place mm. and it can become so real mm. in a moment that you will have physiological yeah, effects. off of that. You can Absolutely. get chemical, you, I mean, chemical, chemical reactions chemical in your body's reactions. releases. You yeah. can experience fear. You can experience joy. You can experience sadness. You can experience all sorts of things just by thinking back on a time when. Mm. And it could bring you down so fast or it can kick you up That's so right. high so quick. And so with with that, this, this word, anam, anamnesis. anamnesis, it says anam. self-prompted. Yeah, that yep, that's it. it says self-prompted recollection, especially as a memorial. But you can, and it says deliberate recollection. You can deliberately recall, as Jesus says, remember, be deliberate, be intentional. He says, go there. Go to that place, right? Imagine, re- recollect all of all you, of all re- of the re-experience, re-experience yeah. everything about that situation. And so in our imaginations, we have the power to physiologically affect ourselves, right? And, and create emotion and that kind of stuff. I mean, how much more powerful, but, but not, well, hold but on, I want to point how much okay, more powerful is our imagination when we're using it to recollect and to envision and to experience Jesus? With things in our hand. Right. Remembering that. Right. But but not for the sake of being like uh, you know I'm just gonna chase the experience like I just want you know no, I want no, all the feelings no, no. but no but I want I want to point that yeah, out though like it it's not about that it's about the remembering I mean it says done to better appreciate the effects of what happened self prompted recollection especially right. uh, as a memorial. memorial this is this is just a, one of the word studies that's yeah. that's underneath this word and but yeah I mean can you imagine and I've done this before I mean but even just now as I think about it just. Go to Apple Music, look up like fire sounds, like a, the crackling of a fire, and just imagine and place yourself in, yeah. a, in, a, in a dimly lit room in a house where there's a fire crackling, and you just imagine you're at the table when Jesus is, is, wow. is you know, basically laying out the scene that's happening in Mark 14, you know, where, where, where the Last Supper is happening, and you just imagine yourself there, and Jesus speaking to you, and Peter passing you, you know... That is powerful. What Augustine says, and this is a bit of a paraphrase because he's a little more concise, but I use this at our communion table. Come to the table, see what you believe in, eat what you see, Hmm. and become what you eat. Mm, The body of Christ, broken and given for the life of the world. So that's why I go to the table in this conversation. That's why I say... To anybody out there listening, you want to you you want to know how to develop this, how to go from knowledge to knowing. Mm-hmm. Go to the table, yeah. see what you believe in, yeah. eat what you see. Right. Remember, anamnesis. Go to that moment. Hear the right. fire crackling. Hear, receive the cup from Peter. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then become. The body of Christ. You, you're called the body of Christ. You're right. with the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Be broken and mm-hmm. given. It's not about you. It's for right. them. Yeah. It's for everybody who has not heard the good news. Yeah. And and if if I if I'm mad and I come into my hairdresser's, <laughs> you know, I, I come in to get my eyebrows done and I'm mad, time in day in day out day in day out. I've not met with Jesus right. because not I communed. couldn't meet with Jesus and be that way. 
Right. I mean, it, it, I mean, it's very much a Moses. When you get in the presence of Jesus, you're radiating glory. You know, you got Moses going on the mountain to collect the tablets. He, he's coming down and he's glowing. You know, he's yeah. looked like he just got hit with a glitter bomb. Like, and <laughs> it, it, so it's impossible. It is. I'm serious. It's impossible to get in the presence of Jesus and not walk away different. You know, it it just doesn't it doesn't happen. That's one reason yeah. why I think this is an important conversation to move beyond the knowledge of and into being within Him relationship. In yes. Him we yeah. live and move and have our being. Right. That's there's yes. a, there's a code there's a joining. Mm-hmm. My I don't want Him as my co-pilot. I want Him as I want to just be in Him and let we, Him drive this to, thing. Yeah. And we go where He goes, I go. Yeah, it's. It's so powerful. Um, you know, I, I've i talked about this before, and I've said, you know, if I if somebody wrote a book about me, um, maybe I said it earlier, my my daughter, um, my presence in her life is is the best thing for her, for her to for her to come to understand how much I love her. Um, you know, I. I can't help but sing praises over her all the time. Like it just naturally flows out of me. I'm like, Oh, you're so beautiful. Do you, today I was telling her, did you know that you're my favorite? I was like, did you know that I, I choose, Aww. I choose you. Like, you know, I just was saying things like that. You're my you're, Pikachu. You're a good dad. Uh, thanks man. And I'm just saying these things over her. But you know, if, if I wrote a letter to her and those words were written in the letter, she might read them and think, you know, these are my dad's words and, and they mean a lot and they carry a lot of weight. But it's that letter is a poor substitution for my presence, mm. you know. Ooh, <laughs> I, I have heavy, I have a girl that recently came back to the church uh-huh. that used to come as a little girl with her dad, who died, oh. and in an in an attempt to kind of understand him, she remembered coming to our church, and so she came. She's not doesn't come. She's not chosen to go ahead and, but in an, in a way to remember her dad remember better him. she yeah. remembered our church she remembered some of the people it was a very emotional it was a very moving experience for her yeah. and moved her into a deeper um understanding of her father right. who's absent now yeah and very hurt she's hurt by that sure but just going where he had gone before triggered memories in her and yeah. gave, brought and and so what can she do? She can recall those and, that's, she and has anamnesis. Yes, when she does that, she can recall, yeah. and it's it's not his physical presence, but it's such a deep emotional connection yeah. and a remembering that she could experience and feel and she wept and emote. I mean, tears came to her eyes yeah. as she. Said we, I remember but drinking in the sure. drinking fountain with him holding, oh, with him holding Gosh, me. Darn, yeah. Very but, special, very powerful. Yeah, it's so amazing. And but here's the thing, though. Jesus says, "And and lo, I'm with you even to the end of the age." Yeah. I mean, do we? So let's let's put another scripture to that. Um, when Jesus was calling the disciples, it says that he called them to be with him, and that they might preach the gospel and that they might cast out demons. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the first thing that was said was that the disciples would be with him. And so he called them to be with him, to have presence, right? They would be present with him and he would be present with them. And then he's going to die or he dies. Um, but he gives him, comes back and gives him the great commission. And he says, 
I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I, I'm going to come for you, but I'm even with you to the end of the ages mm. as you go out and disciple and teach people how to uh, be obedient to what I've commanded. And as you baptize those and as you make disciples of all nations, I'm going to be with you. And so we have no reason to believe in any way, shape, or form that Christ has left us or that he will ever leave us, that he is with us now. And so what it, what is that like? Like, do you, look, I'll just tell you right now, there are things that, um, you know, I, I don't live my life in such a way that I 100% believe that Jesus is by my side every single day. Like I don't, mm. you know, and I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed of that. But how much power would there be if I just acknowledged the presence of Jesus with me every single place that I went? Whether he was next to me or, I mean, I'm in him. He's in me. He's with me everywhere I go and everything that I do. And if I just turn my time and my attention to that, my life would look completely different. Have you ever met people that do? Oh, man. I, I, mean, I, I had this. I, she's has, has in heaven now, but I have this Aunt Shirley, closest thing to an angel. Surely the Lord was with her all the, all the, the days, days of, of her, her life. <laughs> and she will dwell with him Amen. forever. Amen. And but she's one of those people that brings that point home to me. Yeah. You just when you're with those people, Jesus just rubs off. Right. And mm. I, I'm not talking about she. She had she went through some true trials. Yeah. And I, so I'm not just talking about someone who could say, just "Oh, God is lucky. good all the time, right, right, all the right. time." God, God is good. But just someone who oozed Jesus. Because she spent time with not him. based off of her circumstances, not but based, based on off of time. Circumstances. Yeah, That's time right. Just him. based on you know, she had that faith. She had spent time with the Father mm-hmm. through the Son, empowered by the Spirit. Right. That's the way her life was lived. And that brings up another really good point too. Like when you're, you know, I think our default sometimes is like when tragedy hits to just run straight to the Bible, especially crippling tragedy. Uh, there's there's value in that. That's good. Mm. But at the same time, I mean, also run straight to Jesus. I can tell you, my wife and I, we've gone through some really, really horrendous, terrible um, medical issues with her health. And so much so to where she, I mean, she was in the hospital for 26 days. Like it, it to where I'm just being broken before the Lord mm. and right there and just weeping, 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 crying, not knowing if things were going to get better. But all the while knowing that God is there with me through it and that God's God's goodness and his presence is not dependent upon my circumstances or what I'm going through, all of that stuff. (laughs) I mean, it's about, he's just there. He's always there. And, And so run to him during trials. I had a pastor friend that used to say it this way. Some people will cling to the rope of Jesus or let go of the rope of Jesus during trials. And so cling, cling, abide, be present, stay with him move forward. I mean, just be with him. I mean, I would highly encourage you guys, if you've never done any sort of contemplative, meditative, focusing on Jesus, the person, the embodiment, do that. Um, and if you, if you want to know how or some resources, I mean, e- shoot us a message on the Salty Dogs you know, email or something like that, and, uh, and we would love to connect you to that. But, but again, I mean, there were times, too, where I read Scripture, to where Scripture, I got to a point, I closed it and mm. hit my knees, and mm. Jesus was right yeah. there. But those those trials can absolutely be used to draw us into a deeper intimacy and knowing. I mean, Jason, if you were going through one of the toughest seasons of your life and you were laid out before me crying, weeping, I would know you in a way that not very many people yeah. know you. Mm-hmm. And the Lord does the same thing with us when we're mm-hmm. sprawled out before him. Yeah. I mean, he just it just opens a whole new level of intimacy. Yeah, let me give this scripture and 
I think maybe we we might close this up. Um, 1 Timothy 2, verse 3 through 4. It says, This is good, and it pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. This word knowledge here, um, the definition in Strong says, Knowledge gained through first-hand experience and relationship. Properly contact knowledge. First-hand experiential knowing. And it says this is defined by the individual context. And so it's not... What's what's interesting about this knowledge... So Scripture, the Bible, is a compilation of God revealing himself to mankind over time. The invisible God revealing uh, himself to man over thousands of years, um, each man gaining a little bit of knowledge of the attributes, the goodness of God, and then we have Christ who comes and fully reveals all of the Godhead deity, right? Mm. So we have knowledge about who God is in the scriptures. But what this word know says, and scripture says this. What verse is this again? First <clears throat> Timothy 2, 3, and 4. It says, God our Savior wants everyone to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. And that word knowledge is individually contextualized. Mm. He wants everybody Everybody to to individually, in their own context, in their own life, to come to know him. Right? He's revealed himself to the world corporately. But he still cares about us individually. And that's the knowledge that I'm talking about. Right? I'm not trying to diminish the importance of Scripture or how people have come to know the Lord. I just want people to know the Lord in the same way that the Lord wants people to know the yeah, Lord. Right. Right. And, uh, and it can happen individually. You don't have to look to somebody else to know God, right? Like, mm. you know, there, there's this whole, like, we try and connect ourselves to people like, Oh, Chris knows so-and-so. And so I kind of know so-and-so. Well, sure. you don't really actually know so-and-so. Mm. Right. And I think we've got to get over being okay with other people's experiences, right? Like the people at the bottom of the mountain, Moses goes up to talk to God. Well, they're like, no, you go. We're scared. Yeah, You go to the mountain. Yeah. Well, everybody's shaking in their boots at the foot of the mountain. And Moses is up there getting transfigured by the glory and the presence of the Moses Lord. Moses is getting lit. Moses is getting, getting lit, lit up. With that glory. That's right. He's getting all lit up, right? And <laughs> the people are like, no, it's fine. You go talk to God. But God Dang. says, right? And what did Moses do? Moses came down with knowledge about God, his precepts, his laws, his commands, right? But he had seen God firsthand. He's like, I want to see your face. He's like, I'll show you my goodness. He got the goodness. He got the attribute. He experienced the goodness of God. Show me your cheeks, God. No, I'll show you my goodness. <laughs> I'll show you my goodness. And so he comes down and he gives that to the people, but they didn't want to go up to the mountain. Man. You know, they, mm. came, they came down looking at him and they're just like, we're scared. That'll cast. You know what I'm saying? Right. But here God says, look. I want everybody to come to the come to the mountain. Everybody get up here yeah. and know me individually, personally. I want to reveal myself to you. And I think that's what this is all about. Like let's I mean, do we want that? Do you want that? I don't, I don't know how to produce that in you. Like I don't know if you're saying yes or no or I don't know. Derek, but were you ta- were you talking about desire? I think it was yeah. you were talking about yeah. desire earlier. Yeah. I mean, there's this desiring that comes that comes forth. I mean, I think you get to a place where you're like, "Ah, oh, God, like I read I read in the scriptures about a God who is X, Y, and Z, 
and I have not experienced that. Lord, show me your goodness. Show, I mean, it's it comes from that. I think that that's the perfect, I mean, transition from Scripture to like, man, I read this. This is here. I believe this. I have yet to experience it. Lord, show me this. Help me experience this. It's interesting because, you know, one of the camps I think people might put some people in in this way is being Gnostic, Gnosticism. Mm-hmm. But it's funny that, what is that it comes from the word gnosis, which is this word no. What yeah. no? What is what is well with gnosis the spirit with specifically with a spiritual <clears throat> understanding in the gnostic. Mm-hmm. And when, when you do that, but I noticed I was looking up that I was uh-huh. looking at that earlier, yeah. and wondering if the Spanish word was the same for no- at deri- deriving out of that gnostic. Gnostic. What yeah. does gnostic mean? Well, it's a, it, it's historically it's a camp that had divided. Did they said, well, Jesus was a spirit. Everything, Interesting. matter is bad. Matter yeah. is sinful. Jesus was a spirit, and he's good. We can't wait to get out of this place into the spirit world. Oh, okay, gotcha. So it really, it really, oh man, I'm not going to get in trouble. That's go okay. That far. I'm not going to go that far. Anyway, yeah. I, well, it was there, good to just is, get some there, context. Yes, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's what it is. So there's, when you're around people So I should believe that, about, right? <laughs> When you're around people that all they want to talk about is getting out of here and then going out to the I heaven, mean, that completely goes heaven, against the message you, of Jesus missed, of bringing the kingdom missed, You've missed everything because the, the kingdom's coming. The here. kingdom's right. coming. And yeah. we yes. have, we, thus we have a reason, a purpose, mm-hmm. yeah. divinely ordained. It's almost like you're abandoning that. be part of this. Right. You know what's interesting, too? Like, I was talking about this the other day. You know, Jesus saying, your kingdom, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done. He's praying yeah. it. Mm-hmm. On earth as it is in heaven, but Jesus comes and he's preaching the gospel when he's saying, like, you know, uh, the kingdom of heaven is near. And then you've got tangible kingdom where you, you're talking about like the kingdom of God is they they say uh, it's here but not yet here, right? Already but not yet. Already but, but not yet. Dynamic here. tension. But what's interesting is like I've never realized that when I would think about the kingdom of God, I always think about it through the lens of death, that I have to die to oh, experience right. oh, the no, kingdom no, of no. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, but listen, a, this is a whole other podcast listen, episode. I know, but listen, so it says it, like we read Revelation and we look at all that through the lens of I'm going to see all this after I die. After I die, yeah, death. But Jesus is it, he's bringing the kingdom here right now and it says in the age to come. That's like it's like the Paleolithic age yeah. or the Ice Age. These were times during life, during people being alive, God's kingdom is coming and it will come. And that's why we say, well, the dead in Christ will rise, yep. right? It, they're going to rise to be a part of the kingdom that they're not in when they're dead. That's right. That's right. You see what I'm saying? That's so right. like the kingdom is coming in, in, in this age and we're going to be, we're alive for it. Like it is happening now, right? It is coming it's, it's, and we're living into it. It's come, it's coming. And, and it, it has and, come. And, and it, it has come. And it has. Yeah, it's, right. it's all those together. Mm-hmm. That's one of the, that's one of the beautiful. And I, and I think that is very germane to this conversation because it reality and what's today is part of that. Mm-hmm. I have knowledge and experience with Christ today. I have the witness of the word and the experience they had, which guides me to Jesus, who's come with me today, and I experience him today. And I know that there is a fullness of him coming that's still not here yet, that's yeah. still to come. The fullness mm-hmm. of that kingdom where the enemy gets trampled under his feet and kicked off of this rock. Yes. And heaven is broken out. Right, right. And that that's a that's I, I think that's very a part of this. If I just want to read 
to understand a little bit about who um, we're talking about, it's very easy for me to be like, oh, wow, that sounds beautiful to get off into the heavenlies with him. Right. I, I, man, I can't <laughs> wait to get out of there, and then I don't have this nasty mess I'm in here anymore. I can just be there with him. No. Redeeming the, bringing the dead to life here, mm-hmm. redeeming life here on this earth is part of us. That's part of yeah, our good news right. is that this is in the process of being redeemed. Yeah. Come be a part of it. Thus, when the king comes, we're going to rise in the air together and meet him, and we're going to come back to this yeah. recreated heavens and earth in a in a whole beautiful way together. Right. Well, people right. can believe all that, but then you can't experience God. Not in your mind, at least. Uh, <laughs> I'm just. Oh goodness! Well, I agree. I agree, I'm, Derek. I'm I, I appreciate. Mind, I appreciate your passion. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Gosh. All right, man. That was a let's, good combo. Let's, I knew we were going to get on one. Yeah, two hours and five minutes right now. That's so legit. Let's uh, let's leave some uh, some parting comments. So, Derek, we'll we'll kick it to you. Uh, I have what struck me in the in the Timothy scripture you brought. And this will throw in some wrenches for some other podcasts, maybe. God has universal hope. Mm-hmm. I have universal hope. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm a universalist. I'm not saying he is, but there's a universal hope man, I, that I'm mankind, all... the whole, the whole of us, oh, I want us together. <laughs> yeah. to I, I heard. I him. once heard someone say that every Christian should um, be a hopeful universalist, to yes. where they are hoping for all mankind to be reconciled. That's, that's yeah. that's and you kind of led that and that's what I go back to is my sincere desire is for everyone in my life everyone in my sphere of of the world to come to to with with me mm-hmm. to his table together. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean I I just think of it this way like you know there are a lot of people who experience trial and tribulation and martyrdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, there are people who are in prison for Jesus. There are people who get beheaded for Jesus today. Today, but let me just say that once they know Jesus, they're good. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That there's a reason they die with the hope in Christ yeah. because they found hope in Christ. Yeah. Because there was hope nowhere else. Yeah. So even if they were hopeful and dying, it was better than hopeless and That's dying. That's right. Man. And so I, I'm. I know nothing about martyrdom, obviously, because I'm still here. I, I know very little little about persecution. I, I know very little little about it. But I always say, if I could help somehow point people to Jesus and they come to know him, I don't. I, it's not that I don't have to worry about them, as in I don't have to walk with them and love and love them and discipline them. But once they once they enter from death to life, once they once they are. Um, once they're adopted into the kingdom, once they're a child of God, they're good. Mm. You are loved. You're forgiven. You're taken care of. You will be disciplined. So abandon that sheep. You Open will, that that's pen right. and let them out. You will be sanctified. <laughs> you will always have hope. Right. right. Your hope will never run dry. You, I mean, you're good. Even if you're persecuted, dying, whatever it is, like you're good. And and that's that's what I believe. I mean, I've said it before and and glory to God. And I'm grateful to the Lord that I, that my life for the most part has been pretty easy. I mean, I've gone through some hard things mentally. I've gone through some addictions, you know, I've, I've had, uh, you know, just, I've had grandparents die. I mean, you know, I just, I've experienced some of that stuff, Mm. but I can tell you that I've never been hopeless. Mm. 
even in the times where I've been broken and I've felt hopeless, it doesn't last. I'm always hopeful Hmm. because of Christ. And so that hope and that understanding and that, you know, just knowing that I'm going to be okay because I'm his, everybody deserves to feel Mm. that and know that. Don't you you want that? And experience that for everybody. That's right. To know that there's not going to be anything in this life that's ever going to be able to, what is, uh, what is, Paul say at the end of uh, Romans eight, I'm just going to read it to you because it's so stinking beautiful. Um, He says, uh, what then shall we say in response to the, to these things? Um, If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Is It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died more than that who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Here we go. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Mm. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your, se- uh, for your sake we death, face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. When people come to know Christ as Lord and they know his love, there's nothing that can come against them. Inseparable. Inseparable. If if you're within hearing range of this of my voice, now or in the future, mm-hmm. know that it's possible for you to be inseparable right. from the love of from God. From the love of God, right? And once we know that love, mm. like we, regardless of what comes at us, angels, mm. demons, death, sword, famine, I've, nakedness, I've faced persecution. Some of those. Yeah. And it's it's all good now. Mm-hmm. Good in the hood. Yep. Well, Chris, do you have closing comments? Just spend time with them. That's it. Everything that I talked about earlier about, uh, like, do it. You're putting con- law on them. Contemplation. Do all yeah, do all the things. Everything about contemplating and just engaging with God in your imagination. I mean, obviously, I would encourage you to invite Jesus to Lord. Would you Would you walk with me, Jesus? Would you walk with me right now? I want to engage with you. Like, would you Would you cover this experience in your blood? I mean, just that type mm-hmm. of thing. You just spend time with him and and just trust you know like jesus i'm giving you access to my imagination take it lead it and trust that that whatever happens in your mind at that point is being influenced by jesus that's what i'd say i don't know if that throws me in a weird camp or not but that's what i do and you're in my camp i felt some some pretty i've I've experienced some great things yeah well there's a lot of things in the scripture that um it tells us we can do um but then the question's how and the question is, what does that look like? Colossians says, set your mind on things above where Christ is seated in the heavenlies or at the right hand of God. And then set your heart on things above where Christ is seated in the heavenly. Well, Ephesians also tells us that we're seated there with him. And so what happens when we get our, our heart and our mind in that place? Let me tell you, it's not anything that's happening on the earth because it's there. He's yeah. Right? You know what I'm saying? Set your mind up there. It's not happening here. So, Yeah. Get to it. Man, we went long today. Dude. It was good. Yeah. Jeff, as you drive everywhere, I hope <laughs> that, that you, you're enjoying this. We appreciate it. Guys, if you, man, we love to hear from you. We love, I'm serious. Like whenever Jason and I and Casey get emails, it just, man, it, it, 
it fills us up and it encourages us. It's so encouraging to hear that so many people um, are finding hope and value in the things that, in the conversations that we're having. That's why we have these conversations, not to stir the pot, but to hopefully provide value and, and to address some things. And so you can email us at saltydogspodcast at gmail.com. Um, Jason, you got anything you want to add? Nope. You said it all. I'm good. Derek, man, we love having yeah. you on. Thank hey, you so thank much for thanks. joining us. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Derek, Derek, party. Derek was on today uh, just because we were having some um, conversation back and forth uh, in our comments on our Facebook group. And so definitely go check out the Facebook group. It's been fun. Derek is is really active on it. He jumps in and we we love it. So yeah, yeah, look us up. Salty Dogs Podcast. Is it Christian? Salty Dogs Christian Podcast group. We're almost to 60 members. We've had like 10 people join here over the last two weeks. Yeah, it's been nice. We like to hear from people where they're coming from. But, you know, also just asking questions and um, you know, we, we want people to be active in the group and, and getting in on the conversation. And, you know, we're all here to help each other. And so it's right. been really great. All right. Salty dogs. Out. Out. Out.